How to win a bar fight and practice diplomacy while negotiating a bounty on your head. From Civil Wars, Whistleblower Tactics, Schematic Drafting, and the Finer Points of Sith Adoption, The Essential How-To Guide for the Engineering Jedi, by Jack Daw read by Sam Gabriel, based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 16 But I have no need. I pick up arms. To say that the events of the last few hours had been uniquely challenging would be an understatement indeed, and Vader knew a thing or two about making understatements. For hours they'd scoured the city, trying to find traces of Luke and his charges to no avail. The weather had worsened, slowing down the process of the search to an impossible rate as whatever small traces of Luke still remained were utterly washed away. The shopkeepers that might have seen the group traveling through the market had divested and closed their stalls in all due haste with the coming of the storm, and the further they traveled into the city, the less hope he had of finding any kind of clue. The best chance they'd had to find the missing children was to follow the trail of the Sixth Company, and they had known well to steer clear of places where any of the authorities might gather. After the station fiasco, the next nearest hint they'd found of the location of either Luke or the mercenaries was a report filed by a citizen eight clicks away that Piat had brought to his attention. Several noise complaints had been filed in short order by a group of people in the nearby area, and that, in and of itself, was not something that would normally draw their notice. The report of a butcher going out into the alley after the commotion had concluded to investigate and recognizing a fluid on the ground as blood, and freshly spilled too, did find its way to their attention. Investigating the scene had resulted in three dead mercenaries, two of which Kix identified as having suffered extensive blunt force trauma and bisected spinal cords, the third being the sole member of the group to suffer a bisected carotid artery and windpipe. The work had clearly been Luke's as far as he was concerned, with two of the bodies being killed in the exact same way, and the third in a clean and decisive manner. The kills showcased a high degree of experience and professionalism. It wasn't an arbitrary fight that had gotten these mercenaries killed, it was deliberate movements and actions aimed at vulnerabilities designed to end the fight as soon as possible, or even before it began. And that had been where the trail had ended. Some valuables and weapons had been removed from the bodies, but as for where Luke and the others had disappeared to, nothing. Not even guards Baloo and Niren had been able to think of where they could have headed. Luke was still frustratingly out of reach within the Force, not even a whisper of his presence returning back to him save for the echoes of his own calls. The storm seemed to be interfering with his abilities too in some manner, distorting what little he could sense and fighting every attempt he made to fly through it by way of the Force. The Sixth Company had gone to ground, and while progress reports from Piet concerning their collaboration with the local authorities were signaling that there was progress to report upon, the weather was still severely hampering their ability to carry out the necessary investigations, raids, and arrests. All of that had been enough to drive him to the brink of madness as his attempts felt like they were being blockaded at every angle, everything and everyone fighting against him when he just wanted to locate his home. And then a millennia-old train 
crashed out of an abandoned transport network and straight into a historic market square in the southern district of the city, bringing along with it a shootout and panicked civilian reports of smoke bombs, terrorists, at least three different supernatural entities, and a wild animal that matched no description of any native species on Quat, but apparently had long, shaggy fur, six to eight limbs, walking on two of them, and large black wings. It had not taken a genius to put together that Luke was likely involved. Piling everyone into the speeder with as much haste as he could, and the touch of the dark when they hadn't gone fast enough, even he could admit that his piloting afterwards had been characterized by a degree of recklessness in his desperation to get to Luke. Fueled by fury and frustration and worry, he'd pushed the speeder as fast as it could go, and then even faster with the help of the dark, fighting and flying the storm winds along the way in equal turns. As far as he'd been concerned, it could go hang if it thought it would be keeping him from his home. They had arrived at the scene of the reports in record time, and there had been the crashed train, there had been the smoke and gunfire, and... and there had been the so-called specter or ghost or wraith. Fighting against the encroaching forces of the Sixth Company in a whirlwind of violence, Vader finally, finally, finally had found Luke again. And now he could see what had gone so wrong in his search. He had been searching for a star... A shining bright beacon. The Luke in front of him didn't carry the presence of a star. The Luke in front of him carried a presence as nebulous and disorienting as a storm cloud that engulfed the whole area, shielding many souls in his cloudy cover that was shot through with brief, furious flashes of lightning. As his true nature erupted out of the nebulous shield in cracks and fissures with an unbridled rage at his opponents. No wonder he hadn't found him. Like this, Luke blended in nearly entirely with the storm raging around them, unless one knew what to look for. Then the situation in front of him caught up with his senses, just in time to block a blaster bolt meant for one of Luke's charges, lying injured and prone on the ground, and who Luke was clearly doing his damnedest to defend. The dark lashed out, snarling and vicious and eager to be let loose again and burn their enemies to the ground. Wrapping firmly around the bolt and holding it in place with what was almost a playful touch, he felt the attention of the battlefield shift over to him, fear and awe and dread and relief intermingling from all below, all except one. Luke was still fighting, still furious, still desperate to protect his charges, and screaming out his claim of defense in every flash of lightning where his shield cracked through. He barely acknowledged his presence beyond one fervent flash of joy, relief, warmth, home, 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 in greeting, before promptly slitting another mercenary's throat, taking advantage of the battlefield's general state of shock to strike a fountain of blood that spat out to rain down alongside the storm, a battlefield filled with those who would force his little star to fight for his and his charge's survival. Barely keeping his fury leashed for long enough to direct the bolt he'd kept suspended into the ground and direct the autopilot to land the speeder, he stepped out of it, letting gravity take over while the dark fortified his body against the fall. Stone cracked underneath his feet as the shock of impact traveled through his body, forcing him to bend the knee. Rolling his shoulders lightly, he rose to his feet, facing the tormentors of his home as he straightened to his full height. 
The dark snarled and hissed and spit as you let it flare wide, clawing along the ground and seizing each and every soul it could find. Thoughts flooded his mind, and he snarled in disgust at what he found. Why, why, why? Why did this have to happen to her? The bosses had said this wouldn't happen, it was just a job. I just needed the kid and the money. Ahmed Dunks, barely able to comprehend that this should be the consequence for who and what they had decided to harass and hunt and harm. Shit, 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 those were just rumors. The kid was just lucky, just an easy mark. He shouldn't have... They'd been told that he wouldn't. And that the kid wouldn't be defended after splitting... Barely believing and sputtering in fear and disbelief that he should come to his home's aid. Motherfucker, they could still make it. Three whole teams against barely a handful. They just needed the kid, get the kid, and they would never have to worry about getting paid ever again. Greedy, small-minded, small-lived, half-witted, dishonorable, low-life scum of the earth. Before he even knew it, the dark had pulled back from crushing their throats with barely a whisper and trilled within the kyber of his lightsaber, excited and anticipatory in equal measures as he pressed the switch. A blade of red burst forth from the hilt in his hand, the saber eager as always at the prospect of bloodshed. These people wouldn't earn themselves a battle or even an execution. They were barely worthy of a hunt. Now this would be an extermination. He called out one last time to his home across their bond, finally knowing what to be calling to, and got his long-awaited answer as Luke wholeheartedly responded to his call to hunt to kill. Strong and furious and ferocious and wild. Luke landed on Cat's feet beside him, and Vader reveled in the sensation of having his home next to him again, whole and hale and as ready for what was to come as he was. His little star, his little storm, a runner to the core and roaring out his furious protection of his charges from it. A roar that echoed through his own chest, harmonizing and building inside until they finally lent their voice to all the rage and pain and fear that their opponents had brought on for nothing more than simple greed. They thundered out their challenge and defiance in harmony with each other and the storm until his lungs burned like he was breathing fire instead of air. He embraced the pain and roared even louder, reveling in the harmony of he and his home standing side by side in this fight, and the sheer terror they inspired in their opponents. My charges! Luke snarled towards their opponents, bristling with barely leashed power and lethal intent. Your charges! He rumbled in agreement, deferring to the runner's claim as he braced himself for the fight, reveling in how Luke's signature so easily opened back up to his own again, bleeding into his as Vader bled into Luke until he could hardly tell where one began and the other ended. Fledgling bond or not, force-sensitive or not, this bond was theirs, and this was his home. Luke's stormy shield allowed him through, welcomed him, in fact, and wrapped around as much of his presence as it could manage in an embrace warm enough that it felt like his heart had lit up inside his chest. He reciprocated, the dark and his own presence reaching out and wrapping around as much as he could manage, falling into Luke as much as Luke fell into him, an endless circling, orbiting dance where he could feel Luke's intent as keenly as his own. As one, they launched forward. He stepped out in front, taking the lead to draw the heaviest fire, mantle flaring wide and wild to present himself as big as a target, 
to present himself as big a target as possible, while Luke dashed off to the side, shadows and storm engulfing him and dispersing his presence as sure as sand in the wind. Panicked with desperation and fear, the mercenaries turned the muscles of their weapons on him, unleashing a storm of energy that he batted aside with careful swipes of his saber. The blade hummed as it slashed through the air, sending the offending bolts back to their senders with lethal precision, piercing the weakest points of their armor and sowing chaos amongst the disorganized ranks. A mercenary brought up a calm and desperately glanced between it and him. Red alert! I repeat, red alert! They called desperately into the calm. We have Darth Vader on the sea, I repeat, we have... <clears throat> their desperate call and their windpipe both cut off as a familiar black gloved and gleaming silver flashed around the man's neck, drawing blood and his attention as a half-obscured figure dashed back into the shadows before the body had even hit the floor. Pride swelled within him, and he sang it out across the bond for his little storm to hear, while his fire red cut through the weapon and torso of a particularly annoying mercenary in short order. Luke sent it back in equal terms as his blade cut through the ranks of mercenaries, singing in flashes bright as lightning while he zipped across the battlefield, barely seen in the commotion, but always there in the corner of Vader's eye. The dark whipped through the battlefield, whispering fear and doubt into the minds and souls of his enemies, reveling and gorging itself on the violent cocktail of emotions, while crying out in equal measure to the runner dashing across and over the fight. He pulled it strongly back into line and thrust it towards a rank of mercenaries who had regained some semblance of footing. They stumbled under the force of the push, and immediately a tether snapped through the air, entangling one of the larger mercenaries and sending Luke flying towards them with a sharp yank, Colliding boots first into the back of the enemy, Luke clutched a hand around the skull of his target, yanking it back for balance and exposing the neck in one fell swoop. A flash of silver, a silenced cry, and the blade plunged deep into the exposed vulnerability, jerking sharply to the side and rending open the flesh. Before the enemy could even register what had happened, Luke had already launched himself to the next target, while Vader took the other side for his reckoning. His blade swept through the enemy's ranks, slashing through weapons, limbs, and torsos in turn while Luke shattered his steps, matching his footwork with his own and seemingly fitting into the openings left behind in his movements. Agile and fast, the runner took advantage of his small stature to slip through the gaps left in his own form and finished off the souls he hadn't, granting him the freedom to fight without concern, knowing that his home would cover him. Luke's presence sang of protection and battle and matched halves of a set as he shadowed Vader's every move, picking off the targets that slipped through his wake of destruction, the not-yet-dead and those that stuck to the edges. Spinning around a shared axis, he snapped out with dark and blade alike as he whirled through the thick of the fight, deflecting fire and lighting his own with every slash of the blade. Luke skimmed around the edges of the fight, darting in and out with leaps and bounds that had him nearly flying through the air as he covered every angle of the fight at once, always returning to Vader's back in seconds. His saber cut through a man's arm and neck in a swift arc, the dark keeping another mercenary pinned in place to be dealt with shortly. With barely a chime of warning, it became obsolete as a tether hooked itself around the unfortunate, and Luke came soaring in at an arc using the Force-frozen mercenary as a stable platform to land on and wreak havoc. 
Blade flashing, Luke punctured the woman's neck in no time at all, flipping his dagger over in his hand and lashing out at the nearest other target as he leapt off the now-dying target like a pouncing Nexu. An enemy screamed behind Vader, and the dark howled as another life quickly began to extinguish. With another leap, the runner's presence landed solidly at his back again, stance weaving into his own as he ducked under Vader's next swing and promptly finished off one of the targets as the blade left the flesh of the mercenary's abdomen with a long gash. Whirling around as the dark snarled its warning, he deflected another volley of blaster fire, leaving Luke to finish off the crippled opponents. Hurling his blade through the air and tracing out a path between shots, he advanced rapidly and ended the path of deflection with a decisive swing downwards that bisected the muzzles of the offending weapons. Fear spiked through the force, heady and strong, but it would be no use as he thrust his saber forward, piercing through the dead center of a mercenary's chest before pulling it sharply to the side, severing the arm and cutting directly through the torso of the one standing next to the first. A warning chirped through the force and a tether shot over his shoulder, wrapping around the one enemy left. The dark barely needed the direction to obey as it quickly stabilized the mercenary before the yank came that sent Luke sailing in an arc over his shoulder, crashing into the enemy with a grace that one didn't usually associate with the word. Luke made quick work of the enemy, and flashed a brilliant smile tinged with ferocity in his direction. Forced did he love this child, this fierce, furious, impossible child. Runner and warrior, side by side against it all. He had to admit, some part of him was positively giddy at the whole affair, and Luke certainly was doing all the stories justice. It was them, together, against all the odds. Blood and storm and death and life balanced on the edge of their blades to cry havoc and let themselves slip into the skin of true hounds of war. Striking out viciously with his blade, Luke easily stepped into his shadow cloak blending in with his own mantle and melding their shapes into one as they danced through the battle, sidestepping bolts, whirling around over and under each other as they switched targets seamlessly. The force was alive with their song, a constant stream of communication that kept them in sync at all times, a spiraling symphony of death and havoc that they sowed around them. He slashed at a mercenary, striking them through the gut with a burning blade that sent screams through the air, and Luke wove underneath his flaring mantle with the cold steel to silence them for good. He carried the momentum of his swing into his next strike, moving out of the way of the runner's work while sliding his feet to bracket Luke's and striking down on a group of mercenaries viciously. Bisected torsos fell to the ground, and where his blade hadn't struck true, he'd still left grievous injuries that Luke took full advantage of, leaping onto his shoulder and then straight for the enemy. While Luke took down the stragglers, he busied himself with deflecting more blaster fire from the rapidly depleting ranks of the mercenaries, who teetered on the edge of cutting their losses and running. He snarled, and the dark echoed his sentiments, encircling the crowds with whispers and claws, a threat ready to be carried out should they dare to run. And they would stand and face the consequences for their greed. Whether they liked it or not, Luke seemed to have a similar sentiment, launching himself off his last victim and straight into the center of the battlefield, shoulders squared and glaring fiercely at his opponents as he stood atop a haphazard pile of corpses. Surrender, he snarled, voice thundering and projecting itself through the square. Surrender or die! A simple message, but an effective one. 
and he echoed it with his own wordless roar of deadly intent, underscoring his home's demands as not a threat but a promise. It had the intended effect, and the mercenary's resolve wavered visibly within the force, fear and panic having eaten away at it like sulfuric acid, and the maimed corpses of their comrades littering the battlefield destroying whatever was left. And there were barely two dozen of them left at this point, and it seemed that they too realized that if three of their units hadn't been enough to put them down, now they stood not even the shadow of a chance at all. It was time to end this, once and for all. He roared again as he gathered the dark close, preparing for the final blow when Luke abruptly stiffened and spun on his heel, the dark roaring in fury a blink later when a panicked scream could be heard that was quickly stifled, pinning all the belligerents in place so they wouldn't even think of taking advantage of their backs being turned. He joined Luke in seeing what the fuss was about, and froze in his tracks when he saw what had happened. It must have happened in the commotion. That was the only explanation he could think of for why there were seven mercenaries on hoverbikes attempting to wrestle four of his home's charges onto the vehicles, holding them at gunpoint. Luke immediately shrieked in rage, and the mercenaries' heads swiveled over to them as if shot, realizing that they had been discovered as fear rocketed through the forest like a lit oil spill. No. Son! Another voice shouted, and Vader glanced back to find that, much to his surprise, at some point within the fight, General Veers, Cody, Apo, Kix, and the two guards had made their arrival, stationing themselves a safe distance away from the fighting. When did they... Sixth Company, this is Commander Cody from the 501st Division, the commander announced, making good use of the vocal amplifier in the officer's edition of the Suta. You are all under arrest, on charges of aggravated assault, first-degree murder, terrorism, and high treason. Surrender your hostages at once... I'll face the consequences. It was a decision that, on all accounts, should have gone horrifically poorly, and it promptly did. Stay back! One of the mercenaries shouted, pressing the muzzle of a gun to the head of a terrified Tyrian Quara. Stay back and back off, or I swear we'll blow the brains out of all of them! Narrowing his eyes, he growled at the same time that Luke unleashed a snarl of fury, incensed at the sheer audacity of these halfwits. Would they now? They'd see about that. The dark's tendrils were gentle as they wrapped around the weapons the perpetrators aimed at the children, gentle enough that the enemies didn't even notice it when he carefully pulled the muzzles away from the temples and jaws they were pressed against, just a little further. Well? The mercenary shouted, clearly wavering in his nerve and pressing the muzzle even firmer against the young quarter's head and undoing all his work earning himself a spike of fear from Luke and the discarding of Vader's patience. Right. It looked like it was time for more drastic measures. Tendrils turned into claws, and with a single gesture from his hand, the dark crushed large chunks of the weapon into splinters. We decline, he answered in a growl to the wide-eyed and terrified mercenaries. For a moment they seemed to be locked in a standoff, the mercenaries staring at either him or their crushed weaponry. Then the moment broke, and the mercenaries cursed loudly as they dropped the hostages like hot coals, directing their bikes skywards as the group of enemies took off like a swarm of locusts. The dark lashed out like the claws of a wild cat, pouncing on its prey and yanking as many of them back down to earth as he could, howling in rage when three managed to slip through its grasp. And Vader echoed the sentiment vehemently, How dare! Tyrion! Cory! 
Luke yelled, true fear striking in his voice. Sons fire, they have Tyrion and Cory! Sure enough, out of all the charges, it seemed that the two smaller ones were missing, and looking at the rapidly disappearing bikes in the distance, it seemed that there were indeed more heads present than there should be. Time to think fast. General, he called out. Take charge of the scene. Keep this scum detained. Yes, my lord, the general replied, already moving. Luke, he called out, looking to where the runner was only to find the spot empty. Swiveling his head, he found Luke already sprinting for the remaining hoverbikes abandoned by the other mercenaries, cloak flaring out behind him. It seemed they had the same idea. Taking off after his home with the dark snapping at his heels and spurring him on, he considered that it was fortunate that the rain of the storm seems to be lessening somewhat. Though the winds and thunder were furious as ever, he would take what he could get. They'd need the storm's favor for what was to come. By the time he'd reached Luke, the runner was already bringing a bike around for takeoff. He cut that task short with the aid of the dark, bringing a second bike for himself with it. Luke shot him a quick look of gratitude before swinging a leg over the saddle and revving the engines, barely waiting for him to get seated to shoot off into the sky fast enough for the eye to lose track of him. Not about to be undone, he braced himself against the bike and slammed open the throttle. Immediately, the bike shot off into the sky, rocketing forward as the world blurred around him save for that dot of fluttering black racing out in front of him. He braced himself against the winds, prepared to fight them all the way only to find himself sailing on a strong tailwind that was practically shoving him into the right direction. Joining back up with Luke was a matter of seconds, keeping the fluttering cloak in his sights along with the head of bright hair exposed now that the hood was effectively useless. Luke glanced back for barely a moment to acknowledge his presence with a fierce grin, bond flaring with joy, right, good, flight, fierce, faint. Before he refocused entirely on the path ahead, the wind howled around them, louder than ever, and the world flashed past below him as they pushed the bikes far beyond what was allowed or technically safe within the city. They had a trio of bandits to catch, though, and Luke was proving himself to be every bit as competent a pilot on a bike as he claimed to be in a tie. Luke leaned into a hard right with his entire body, and he found himself copying the runner's moves without fully understanding why, until he had a bare fraction of a second warning from the dark before a powerful wind shear picked them up and flung them around the corner. Adjusting trajectory with the dark was near close to impossible as the winds fought him at every turn, and soon enough he began to fall behind his home as he tried to keep the bike under control. Concern burst across the bond, Luke tapping frantically against his mind as he must have sensed his distress, and Vader sent back a quick reassurance before leveling out his bike again. He let the sensation of struggle and frustration bleed through the bond in an attempt at explaining his predicament, and was beyond bewildered to receive the mental equivalent of a surprised laugh back, of all things. Luke trilled quietly within the force, flashes of lightning rippling across his stormy shield, and Vader received the sensation of complete relaxation back in the force. The sensation of complete trust and a strength of faith that could mean flying nearly blind, unworried by the storm to the point of lightheartedness. The message was as odd as it was clear. Stop fighting the winds. Trust them. That was perhaps a bit much to ask. But he could trust Luke. That would have to do. Leaning into the winds like Luke was, he relaxed the grip of the dark and blinked in surprise as he felt the resistance lessen, 
the bike sailing along the swells and squalls of the storm. It was a far rougher flight than he was used to, but it was a vast improvement over fighting to keep his vehicle in line every step of the way through gritted teeth. An impression of laughter like silver bells sounded through the bond, and he knew that his surprise had been noted by Luke. Grumbling silently, he copied Luke's movements until he caught up again, falling into Luke's shadow and taking up the position of wingman. He didn't know how to trust the winds that were trying to blow them right out of the sky, but Luke clearly did, and he knew how to trust Luke. It was enough. Force, he just hoped he remembered how to cover for someone. It had been far too long since he'd been able to fly a wingman. Tucking and rolling through every windshear and flurry, they soon had a bead on the bandits. Three dots clearly struggling far more against the winds than they were. Luke's focus immediately sharpened down, and Vader rumbled out a quick tag across the bond, signaling that Luke would have to be the one to guide them through the winds in order to get them level with their targets. Luke chirped back an affirmative, and immediately began the climb, letting the gusts slingshot him up several levels while Vader stuck close into his shadow. Higher up, the storm was vicious, but following the runner's directions and keeping the dark's grip on the bike loose, they rode the slipstreams until they were nearly dead overhead of the bandits. In fact, it was taking some effort not to simply overtake them in the blink of an eye, something that Luke fixed by finding a headwind and hanging directly in it, letting the force of the storm cancel out the bike's forward thrust to the point that they were smoothly gliding overhead the struggling bandits. Luke rolled his bike to the side, hanging dangerously close to the tipping point while leaning into the wind buffer and peering down to get a clear view of their targets. A sharp spur of focus and a chirp for attention in the force confirmed it, and rolling as much as he dared on his bike without engaging the dark, he got a beat on the bandits as well. Force, they would need to get Luke's charges soon with how badly their captors were rolling and yawing their bikes. It was already going to be enough of a furball as it was but if these half-wits managed to crash their bikes before they could lift the hostages, it would be a disaster indeed. Minor blessings with Luke on point, they at least controlled the altitude and could escape into the skies if they needed to. Right now, though, high altitude didn't seem to be what Luke had in mind. Mirroring Luke's movements, he rolled over the tipping point and entirely onto his back, clinging to the bike with his thighs and bracing himself against the howling storm by turning the repulsor engines on the bottom against the wind. Pitching the nose of his bike downwards, he followed behind Luke as they tucked into a rolling nosedive, heading straight for their targets. His stomach felt weightless, and there was a drastic shift in pressure all throughout his body as the gravity of the fall took over. The storm would have wiped them if they had tried to go for a straight descent, he realized, the winds pushing and pulling at them with a vengeance while thunder and lightning flashed overhead. But by turning the repulsors into the wind and hanging upside down... They were gliding downwards on a bed of air, keeping their position just above and behind the bandits in a perfect blind spot. Luke laughed through the bond again, triumph singing through the air as the world rushed past them in a blur, free-falling towards the ground with only the wind currents to steer them towards their goal, and he had to admit the dive was exhilarating. And there was nothing to catch them, no void to spiral out into should they overshoot their target like there would be in the vacuum of space, it was just them, gravity, and the storm, with only a single engine and a few repulsor to try and weather the chaos. Down and down they dove, taking care to keep themselves within the blind spot of their struggling quarry. The bandits were barely managing to keep themselves level within the raging winds, much less make a clean getaway, 
and in no time at all they were sailing the winds just above their quarry, the sound of their engines swept away and concealed by the tempest around them. This close, he could see the wind rippling through the cloth of the mercenaries' uniforms and whipping out the cloaks of their hartages, hartages which they kept seated in front of them, hands pinned together in front of them and to the handlebars with what looked to be zip ties of all the indignities. The runner simmered darkly within the bond, in full agreement with him, and made a sharp gesture towards the bandit holding the charge in a grey cloak hostage, pinging him through the bond. He was to take that charge for his reckoning then, understood. Positioning himself in place directly above and only just behind the target assigned to him, he waited for Luke to position himself above his own target, a great black bird of prey peering down at his quarry. He focused himself on his own quarry and waited for the signal, trusting that the runner would know when to make the call. A moment passed, then another, and he wondered what Luke was waiting for. He didn't have to wonder long. The moment they raced out of a corridor, a wind shear slammed into them with a ferocity that had him stumbling. He got his bike back under control with a wrench to the handlebars, leading hard into the wind, but the bandits below them weren't as prepared. The bikes rolled and yawed like no respectable pilot should ever allow their craft to do, panic spreading wildly, and eventually the bikes pitched dangerously as the bandits lost most control. Luke called through the bond and without even a moment of hesitation he leapt into the fray. Vader followed him barely a moment later, and like two predators stooping, they dove onto their prey. Alarm and fear shot through the panic, intensifying the emotions into all-out hysteria amongst the mercenaries as he and Luke descended out of the sky. For the hostages, however, he had the curious experience of finding nothing but relief, joy, and awe at their arrival. The strange suit of emotions nearly shook him out of his dive, but the accompanying panic and hysteria was enough to focus him down to the brass tacks of free the hostage assigned to him. Maneuvering the bike just close enough to the target, the dark lashed out against the bandit, pushing the man sharply off of the bike and down to his doom, not even bothering to negotiate. The scream quickly faded out as the wind carried it away, and by the time the mercenary reached his demise, they would already be long gone. Not that it mattered. Reaching over to grab Luke's charge before the bike could spiral off into oblivion, he snapped the bonds, keeping him tied to the handlebars, and pulled the child over to his bike by the scruff. Seating the charge in front of him, he wrapped his billowing mantle around them to secure them in place and shield them from the worst of the water-cold weather. He finished securing his own target in place. Oddly discomforted by the wide, incredulous eyes that were staring up at him with open surprise and awe, and directed his own attention to the runner, more than a little concerned at the struggle he could feel leaking into the bond. As expected but not wished for, he found Luke locked into a vicious struggle with the other bandits, both remaining members having ganged up on the runner in an attempt to block him from reclaiming his charge. Snarling and barely registering the flinch of the charge tucked into the hollow of his body, he steered himself directly into the fight, ready to teach these bandits a thing or two about uneven odds. He snapped the bonds of the hostage easily, but before he could even begin to rip into the two lowlifes, they noticed his presence and slammed on the brakes hard enough that it was a miracle they didn't pitch head over heels. Luke was nearly ripped from his bike with the sudden change in velocity, but managed to recover admirably and pulled his own bike into a wide arc as the bandits dove down low to the ground in an attempt to outrun them in more favorable wind conditions. Promptly joining back up with his home, 
They pitched into a dive after them, nose of the bike pointing down sharply as he held on tight to the charge, sharing it with them. If he dropped the charge, it would be half a diplomatic nightmare and half Luke being horrifically disappointed in him, if not furious. Best to avoid such a situation at all costs. Flying through the storm as fast as they could make it, Luke leveled every possible advantage he had against the bandits to close the distance between them as fast as he could. Leaning into every gust and gale that he could find, Vader found that he was having genuine trouble trying to keep up with the runner, as he took advantage of adjustments so minute that even the dark had trouble detecting them in his presence. Luke shot forward like a bolt of lightning within the very storm he was harnessing for his own utility, and it was he who was left chasing his trail as he tried in vain to make the atmosphere work to his favor as much as Luke did. Taking what little knowledge he had managed to glean from Luke in these bare moments, he traded altitude for speed, diving after the bandits and his own wingmate. He managed to close the gap, but only barely, and by the time he caught sight again of Luke, the runner was already attempting to force the bandits to the ground and into a corner against the varied architecture surrounding them. Using his piloting skills to his advantage, Luke maintained the high ground while steadily pushing the bandits closer and closer to the ground with swooping passes that nearly skimmed the surface of their helmets, forcing them down to avoid the heat of the repulsors. Steadily stealing altitude and slowly pinning the bandits between the ground and his own presence, the winds for once seemed a fortuitous turn of events as they prevented their opponents from climbing fast enough to escape. Announcing his presence by skimming close by the two riders and forcing them sideways into the architecture, Luke trilled triumphantly through the bond, warmth spilling through and over as the little star conveyed his sheer joy at flying together. Again and again they made their passes, forcing the bandits lower and lower into an ever-tightening range of movement. Luke proved to be an expert coordinator, timing his own passes to fall right in between whenever he made his own, far more uncoordinated ones, using the winds to his advantage to time them just right, leaving their targets with no clear window of escape. Something that it seemed they too realized, as he attempted to shake them off by hitting the brakes, but they would not be fooled so easily by that same trick again. Swerving hard themselves, Luke roared in fury at the attempt to lose them again and take his charge with them, and he growled out his agreement. Rolling into a sharp dive, they pressed harder onto the two mercenaries than ever before, using their stationary nature against them to complete the pin. Realizing far too late that they were completely outmatched, one of the bandits attempted to make a break for it, shooting for an opening that was far too small to truly present an option. As it was the bandit with no hostage to hide behind, he felt absolutely no remorse when he promptly shot after them at an angle and rammed them off their bike, leaving them to plummet the remaining three hundred or so meters to the ground with their bike spinning off into oblivion after them. Oh gods above and below, the charge in front of him whispered as he saw the mercenary disappear to the ground below, and he rumbled in amusement at the charge's recoil within the force. Regardless of what these children were being taught at the academy, it was clear that it in no way prepared them for the realities of battle. Veering the bike around again to confront the final bandit, he nearly froze when he felt alarm spike through the force like nails driven through wood. Snapping his head over to where Luke still had the final bandit pinned, he immediately saw the cause and went cold with both rage and fear. The mercenary, desperate, mad or both, had wound a thick arm around the charge's fragile neck and was starting to apply pressure ignoring the frantic scrabbling of the child at the harmful appendage. Pain was flaring sharp and bright through the force, and the charge was casting desperate, pleading eyes towards Luke while the pain increased. 
Stay back! The mercenary bellowed over the howling of the winds. Stay back or I swear I'll break the pretty boy's neck! You do that and your life is forfeit! Luke shouted. There is no situation in this where you make it out alive if you murder Tyrion. Surrender and I promise that no harm will come to you while in custody. The dark grumbled at the runner's words and Vader had to agree. Bringing the bandit into custody would be a chore and a half with the situation they were in, though he could see the potential benefit of giving the Quanas a target especially well suited to focus their rage on. Luke prodded him sharply in indignant reprimand, and he realized too late that his musings might have projected through the bond. In concession to the runner's control of the situation, he hung back while Luke carefully approached the mercenary, freezing when they began to truly choke the young Quana heir. Don't come any closer unless you want Pretty Boy here to find out what a crushed neck feels like, they snarled, desperation clinging to them like a bacterial mat to water. I swear I'll do it. Just surrender, Luke pleaded again. Surrender and you won't be harmed. The mercenary merely snarled in return and began to strangle the charge even harder. He began to reach out with the dark, intending to put an end to this before it could get any worse, but Luke sharply blocked him once more, nearly shouting through the bond and he withdrew again. It didn't resolve the situation, though, and by now, Quara really was struggling, scratching and clawing at the arm, desperation and fury evident. Surrender! Luke pleaded again. I swear you won't be harmed! Like the dozens of others you hot sent to count worms! The bandit shouted back. How many things, but I ain't stupid. I know damn well what... Motherfucker! Spitting swears and curses, the man abruptly doubled over as pain shot through the force like a sudden fire burning bright. Blinking once, he spotted the cause in the form of Quada holding what seems to be a fist firmly against the thigh of his captor until he removed it, and... Was that a knife? Apparently it was, as the child wasted no further time plunging it back into his captor's thigh with a vicious stab, eliciting another howl of agony as the man released his grip, blinded by pain. Let go! Quata snarled out, wrestling himself from the bandit's grasp, taking the knife and a spray of blood with him. You little bitch! The bandit spat back, attempting to reach for the child again while disregarding the stability of the bank entirely. I'll... No! Quata cried, trying to fend the man's clawing hands off while scrambling away, the bike rolling and pitching dangerously under the tussle. No, let go, let go! Get back here, you little... The mercenary growled, lunging forward with complete disregard for any kind of safety whatsoever, and that proved to be his undoing. The bike rolled over to the point of no return, and with no one to steer it or holding on, it was a mere moment of weightlessness before both hostage and captor plummeted to the earth. The charge in front of him shrieked in alarm as Quanta and his kidnapper fell like bricks with panic cries, but he needn't have worried. Between one blink and the next, he and Luke were already diving after the falling charge. The wind howled past them, and he already knew that he wasn't going to make it in time like this, flaring the dark out downwards just in case. But then he didn't need to. Like a stooping bird of prey, Luke had flattened himself entirely onto the bike, burning the repulsors bright as he pushed the engine to its absolute limit. Whirling through the wind columns, the runner chased after the falling form of Quana with a single-minded focus that shone through the cloudy shield that wrapped around him. Within moments, he had pushed himself parallel to the falling charge, grabbing Quata by the arm and sharply pulling him towards the plummeting bike. Shifting the arm to wrap around his charge's waist, Luke threw back the handlebars and slammed the brakes, breaking off the stoop to pull into a sharp arc that rocketed them back up along the winds, right to the nick of time. 
Swooping up after the runner, he couldn't help but look back at the place where the mercenary had plunged into the depths. Far below, he could just make out a crumpled form on the street. They would need to send someone to pick that up. Above the streets, though, it was another story altogether. Pulling up sideways to where Luke had parked his bike just next to a building in the lull of the wind, he noted with some amusement that it was something of an ordeal for the runner to sort his charge out. With Luke essentially having to pull Quada onto his lap, the force immediately spiking with the charge's embarrassment at the fact and uh, something else? A joy, that was understandable, and so was the fondness woven throughout, but there were several things there that weren't... Oh, oh. Oh, force. Biting back a chuckle as he could now see how there was a blush spreading over the face of the young Quada, he considered that he ought not be surprised by this development. Even as his home was not interested in others as far as he knew, that did not mean people would not be interested in him, and it seemed the young Quana was one of that group. While there were certainly worse people to attract the attention from, case in point being their latest fiasco, even as, admittedly, that was a different form of attention, Luke glanced over towards him and prodded curiously at his mind and the amusement he was freely radiating into the bond. Glancing between the blushing air and the befuddled runner, he sighed as he caught the scope of the situation. It seemed his home was fretfully observant in all matters except those that concerned himself. Well, he wouldn't be the one to meddle. Not much in any case. Just enough to ensure that honorable conduct would be kept in the case that anything should come from this. Not even Luke would think to protest that manner of interest, right? Steering the bike closer into the lull of the winds, he was just in time for Quanta to properly find a seat on the bike tucked into the hollow of his home's body, much like the other charge was with him. No injuries, he rumbled out, prodding silently in the force, knowing that he would have felt it if there had been any, but needing to check anyway after hours of feeling nothing at all. Nothing on me, but Tyrion has some awful bruising on his throat, Luke replied, turning his head to the side to take a look at his charge. You okay, Tyrion? he asked. And Vader really didn't even need to try in order to feel the emotions indicative of infatuation spark all around the young heir. And judging from the exasperation coming from the charge situated in front of him, even those not sensitive in the Force saw it plain as day. He sighed quietly. Well, he supposed that his little star would have to have his flaws somewhere. They would have time to work on it later. I'm fine, sir, Quata croaked out. Horse in the way only those who were briefly suffocated ever were. I think. You will need medical attention as fast as we can arrange it, he countered promptly, eyeing the bruising on the charger's throat. Even what seems like mild strangulation can have serious consequences if the perpetrator was careless. He would know. He had learned that lesson through experience in his younger years, and the force would always be more precise than a mere mortal hand could ever be. Luke shot him a look that was as significant as it was grateful, and a gentle brush of warmth lingered over the edge of his presence. Then we'll need to head back as fast as we can, he agreed, with the bandits taken care of. They all experienced a sudden and catastrophic litho-breaking maneuver, he answered airily, and his little star snorted while stifling a laugh. People died, Luke chided, his grin betraying his true sentiment, even if it was tinged with some soberness. And it was the one thing they knew to do with any semblance of grace, he agreed sagely, drawing another barely stifled laugh from Luke. Joy and laughter shone bright in the force, and the utter bewilderment from the two charges was worth dealing with just for that. Shaking his head, 
The runner seemed to come to the conclusion that it was better to let him have the last word on the matter. In either case, we ought to get back, he said, maneuvering the bike around. The same arrangement? On your six, he agreed with a firm nod, and Luke grinned as they took up positions again, the runner on point and him on wingman. Owen's here in, Corey, Luke called out, glancing back over his shoulder as he made the last call. Yes, sir, the charge, apparently named Corey, replied. Luke grinned wide, and he felt himself grinning kind as he felt the intent loud and clear through the bond. Hang on tight. If the two charges wanted to give any kind of reaction, they weren't given the chance, as both he and Luke slammed open the throttle and shot off like bolts from a blaster. The storm crashed back into them in full force the second they left the lull, but Luke merely laughed across the bond with all the care of a bird in flight, angling himself into the winds with the familiarity one would treat an old friend. Without the urgency of a rescue, the gossamer bond spun between them was bathed in the light of joy and the thrill of utter freedom, and he found that he couldn't help but get swept up into his little storm's excitement. Sending back his own delight while following Luke through the paths of the storm, he found himself gliding along the swells and squalls of the storm with ever-increasing ease, letting himself get lost in the rapture of flying. It was nothing like flying through the great vastness of space, where the only resistance on one ship was what one made themselves, but it was something thrilling nonetheless. Here, deep within the storm, flying became like dancing, whirling and gliding through the moves with the air as one's partner, pushing and pulling, drifting and lifting. It was an endless waltz that had his stomach weightless one moment and dropping the other, his every sense filled with nothing other than the sensations of flight and the bond. It was nothing less than exultation. Pulling back on the steering handles sharply, he followed Luke into a steep climb as the runner led them through a convection current and into the airspace above the height of most buildings, sending them spinning into the open air. Immediately the winds picked them up, stronger and more overpowering than ever before, shooting them along the paths of stampeding air weaving through the sky, paths he still couldn't see and barely began to sense, but that Luke seemed to read like he was born for it. Bright and brilliant within the forest now that he was allowed to see and sense beyond Luke's cloudy cover, he could only grin in absolute wonder as the runner completely lost himself to the storm, singing out in the forest both for him to follow and seemingly just for the sheer joy of it as they climbed higher and higher, spinning up into the dark and gilded storm clouds that engulfed the city at speeds that would be suicidal for anyone else. He grinned wide behind the mask as they caught the jet stream sweeping over the city. Grunting with the force of the wind that was suddenly pushing at their back, he nearly buckled in over his charge once they found themselves in it but rapidly straightened out, leaning into the gusts as best as he could while keeping Luke in his sights. Here, high up in the sky, he saw moisture rapidly condensing on his armor and the bike, but the world... the world was a marvel. Golden sunlight illuminated the edges of the blackened clouds around them, and lightning flashed bright blue all around. Ethereal and strange, the weather was certainly nothing like he had ever seen before as they flew through the interplay of deep darkness and shining light. They skimmed along the belly of the beast, the thunder almost deafening, and he rapidly blocked out the sound around the bike as best he could without interfering with the flight. Luke, for his part, seemed to shout back at the thunder, his song in the force swelling and dipping in time with the pounding rhythm of the storm. 
They spun higher and higher into the clouds, losing view of the ground and immersing themselves in a mythical place of thunder gray and sunlight gold filled with flashing blue and white. Higher and higher they climbed, until suddenly they were at the top of the spiraling air current. Teetering in the air, Vader could only look around in wonder as the sky flashed bright through the gloom and glare, the storm bellowing out its furious power for all to hear. Luke screamed and shouted back, a radiant star within a raging storm, fierce and fearless of the terrible power that raged and wrapped around them, utterly content within the deadly vortex of lightning and gales. In a brief moment of clarity that illuminated his mind as much as the lightning did the fog of the clouds, he wondered if this is what other people saw when his home interacted with him as he did, unbowed and unafraid. Was it such a wonder, then, that they would follow him so easily? They stayed there in that haven of power and sanctuary for what felt like hours but was likely only moments. Simply gliding through the air while Luke sang his heart out to the storm, a hymn of devotion and faith that was nothing so delicate as a bell or flute, but carried all the clarity of one. Highs and lows and snarls and howls, singing counter to the storm in a way that was only something he could think of as mythic. This was his little star, the runner and runner. This was Luke in his element. This was his home. And what a wonder, what an impossibility he was. And yet he was. Forced did he love this child. That thought filled his mind, his chest, his entire being with the power of it, beating like a second heart within him and bursting out into the bond, the force, the very air. He loved Luke, a thought as terrifying as it was new, and yet here, in a space that felt like neither time nor reality could touch, it felt as natural as breathing. It felt safe. Safe in a way nothing within a storm ever should be, but that burned bright inside him like a talisman nonetheless. It was light, lighter than anything he'd felt in decades, and it burned with a power that could scorch his soul to dust, and yet he felt safe. Felt safe in the same way that Luke's touch had been all those weeks ago during the festival, charged with the hopes and dreams of countless people as it had been, lightning to the soul and it didn't hurt. Shifting under Luke's mental gaze, he felt the trills of the song wash over him, bright with amusement and fondness and a deep, abiding feeling of something so deeply warm that it soaked into him, down to his very bones. Trying to rumble back to join in on the song, he was ill-prepared for the absolute deluge of power that washed over him as Luke's warmth sparked into an all-out blaze something ancient and powerful turning its attention over to him and thundering a song older than memory, older than blood, perhaps even older than life as he knew it. It was old, ancient, and it carried a power so far beyond mere rite and ritual. This was something intrinsic, words that held power not because of their meaning, but because they were woven from it, words that no human throat would ever be able to muster. He roared them back with all the might he could muster, Luke joining in tune. It thrummed in his veins with power, lighting up his heart and setting his mind ablaze as they sang to the storm in counterpoint, exhilaration liquid and gold within his veins as the storm thundered back. 
this was not a myth, a legend, or a story. This was real. Whether it be a deity, an entity, or a creature of a make unlike any known to the galaxy at large, there was something responding here. Something that was not quite living, or perhaps simply too large and too ancient to register as something living to him within the Force, its signature as much a part of the landscape as the very clouds they were riding through. Whatever it was, it was responding to them, with the thunder of the storm, perhaps even with the thunder of the storm. As present and true as the winds buffeting the flight, tearing at his and Luke's mantles alike, he was roaring, thundering, singing with Luke in response to the storm. There was no primitive story or phantasm created out of desperation by terrified slaves, nothing so fleeting as a mere story or custom. This was real. Sons, he wondered what his mother would have thought. Sailing through the air as the wind chased them on and on, he found himself singing right in time with his little star, the catharsis of the song as infectious as the sheer joy with which Luke sang. Singing high and bright, he matched counterpart with his own baritone, rumbling in amusement when the soft sparks of wonder from the two charges wove into the song as well. They climbed higher into the zenith, notes underscored by the percussive beat of the thunder that punched into their chest with the power of it, Luke trilling higher and higher until... It was as if the air fell away around them, the wind pressing down from above, and Luke immediately tipped into a steep dive. Following after him as his stomach drifted freely to somewhere around his throat, they began their descent, charges shrieking in surprise as they went. Spiraling into a dizzying dive, they fell through the clouds, the world blurring into a helix of gold and gray so dark it was nearly black. Thunder and lightning, wind and rain, all things that should have spelled their doom and yet... They danced through them like they were merely air, merely notes in a song older than anyone could guess. Bare moments and an eternity later, the city below the Kingdom of Clouds came back into view, a carpet of stone and steel rocked into monuments of life. It came rushing up to them with every moment, but even as they plummeted, he could only feel the thrill of flight coursing through him echoing it across the bond and receiving back Luke's own sparking, shocking, electrifying cry of exultation back. It wound deep within his core, threading its way through his own presence and twining into it like plied fibers, inky blackness and brilliant white intertwining like it was the most natural thing in the world. Warm and bright, it sunk deeper and deeper through his core while he reached back in turn, rumbling in response to Luke's song as his home's fluid presence sunk down right into his very marrow and heartstrings, reaching back as best as he could. Plummeting, diving, falling, they sailed down in an arc as the wind caught their bikes, letting them glide back to where Luke was so eagerly heading, rounding the spire of a temple dedicated to Quat's pantheon. The square finally came back into view, the storm quieting as they descended and left its immediate domain, though never quiet. Luke began pulling them from a sheer plummet into an arc to slow their descent towards the square, subtly positioning them into various headwinds to arrest their momentum bit by bit, to the point that reducing their speed manually would no longer have them at risk of capsizing their bikes due to the sudden velocity change. 
Down and down and down they went, keeping formation as they jockeyed back and forth with the winds. The crash site of the train came back into view, bringing with it the addition of a number of new cars, emblazoned brightly with the crest of the Quadras and the symbol of Quat's law enforcement. It seemed that the body of their swarm formation had arrived at the scene and taken the mercenaries for their reckoning. Luke leveled them out even further through their descent, until the angle they were approaching the square at could be called a slope rather than a sheer drop. A sharp tap for attention reached through the bond, the runner's intent more than clear, and he tapped back in acknowledgement as they both hit the brakes simultaneously. The pressure that asserted itself over his body set in immediately, but with a gradual decrease in speed, they were able to slow themselves down from breakneck to ludicrous speeds rather handily before they had even entered the airspace above the square. They were still going far too fast for a landing, though, and Luke seemed to agree as he pulled into a wide arc the moment they found themselves flying above the square, pulling them into a neat, spiraling path. They lost more and more momentum as they spiraled ever lower, and before long they were skimming low over the ground, faster than anyone would consider reasonable for regular traffic, but more than slow enough to finally break off their velocity altogether. Squeezing the brake handles fully, the counter-thrusters on the bike blazed bright and forced it to the side. Engines whined while he leaned in against the bike, attempting to keep formation behind Luke as they skidded past the ranks of guards and troopers handling the various issues. Gritting his teeth, he leaned his full weight against the force of inertia, trying his best to keep the charge entrusted to him safe while he did so. Skidding to a final halt, the bike rocked back as the final bit of velocity left it, hovering perfectly still within the air. Shaking off the last of the adrenaline rush instead of waiting for it to subside, he looked over to where Luke was just winding down from his own landing himself, shaking out his damp hair and scanning his surroundings with an air that conveyed clearly the runner wasn't through just yet. Huffing out a quiet sound, Vader realized that meant that neither was he. Kicking the bike into its parking hover, the bike lowered down out of the air to the ground below, Dismounting was the work of seconds, but by the time he was assisting the young charge from the bike's saddle, Luke was already rushing over with quick paces, Quana trailing behind him. Releasing his grip on the child as soon as their feet touched the flagstones, he watched while the charge forewent any kind of acknowledgement in favor of rushing straight for Luke. The runner for his part radiated sheer relief once he got his hands on his charge, rapidly scanning for injuries while holding them in place with two firm hands, the charge themselves radiating a deep-seated sense of safety and relief at the act. I'm all right, you could hear Luke mutter while scanning his charge, holding their gaze for a moment. No sugarcoating, Corey. I'll know if you lie. I'm fine, sir, the charge answered. It's just a few scrapes and bruises from those ruffians. Honestly, I think the flying gave me a bigger scare than they did. I'll agree there, sir. Quata muttered quietly, voice still hoarse while he was half hidden behind and half clinging to Luke's cloak. I'm still a bit dizzy from the whole ordeal, though. Medical, Luke stated firmly, eyes scanning the pair. Both of you. You took a beating during all of this, and I want kicks to check out those injuries. He nearly snorted at that, and Luke gave him a sharp look over the heads of his charges, a wave of annoyance coursing through the bond. I take it I can count on the fact that you will not be engaging in any hypocrisy and denying yourself medical treatment then, little one? He asked lightly, and Luke narrowed his eyes for a moment before sighing. 
I do need to have some things checked out myself, he admitted, looking over the former battlefield to see Kix already thoroughly engaged in assessing the status of his other charges. But that'll have to wait. I won't be able to sit still and let Kix do his job until I know the flight is through. Little one, he began. But Luke merely shook his head and gave him a significant look. I won't. I won't forsake my vow, he disputed, voice quiet but firm. And even besides that, I have nothing too drastic to take care of. No broken bones, no major lacerations, nothing that can't wait until we're in a more secure area. Would and should have argued more, insisted that his little star lay down the reins and let them take over now that they were here, but there was something in Luke's presence that made him hesitate, something that spoke of more than simple pride and stubbornness, something that he could respect. He sighed. Very well, little star. He acquiesced in a rumble. However, he continued sharply, jabbing a finger in Luke's direction, eliciting a wisp of amusement and fondness from his home. If you think I shall be leaving your side for even a second until you submit yourself to medical, you are gravely mistaken. A wide grin slowly overtook Luke's face, and the little star ducked his head for a moment before looking back up again, eyes sparking brightly and presence flushed with warm fondness. I would expect nothing less, he agreed with a lopsided smile. Now let's get started. I still need to check on the others and make sure that everyone is properly being taken care of. They are, he insisted, angling himself to allow Luke to step back into his side, the runner's own charges sticking close to Luke's other side and eyeing him with a mixture of wariness and mystification. General Veers would not have risked our wrath by doing otherwise. I know, Luke said with a quiet smile. But instincts aren't so easily calmed. I need to check on my charges until the flight has run its conclusion. I'll end up wearing out my psyche if I don't. And that he could more than understand. Nodding once, he inclined his head towards the crowd of assorted allies and enemies. Attention had finally turned towards them, even if most were thoroughly engaged with their own duties and predicaments. Commanders Cody and Apo were already waiting for them at the edge of the bustling assembly where the mercenaries from the 6th Company were finally being detained like the third-ranked criminals they were, though still alive, that is. The dark purred in pleasure when the distinctive notes of fear made themselves known in the droves of mercenaries being herded around to be stripped of weapons and armor and detained in the back of the patrol cars. It seemed that, despite everything, his presence was still more than enough to distract the mercenaries from their looming fate. Or perhaps he was a rather strong reminder of it. In either case, he would be more than pleased to take it. The traitors would be served as traitors deserved. Them and their leaders, once found, would face charges fitting for their actions. Through the bond, he could feel Luke's presence humming with a subdued rage not unlike his own as he regarded the mercenaries. He drew his charges behind him with a subtle gesture while leveling a cool and wary glare at the remaining mercenaries as the guards herded them along and into the patrol cars. He would have told the runner that his enemies were being kept under close watch, and placing himself between his charges and them was unnecessary. But he had a feeling that Luke would counter with the same response he had earlier. That instinct wasn't so easily assuaged. And, well, he could more than understand that at the very least. His own instincts wouldn't be quelled either until he knew that Luke was safe and sound back in a secure area, Force, he didn't think that even then he would truly be able to let go of the lingering fears for quite some time, no matter what Luke had shown to be capable of. Just... Hey, Luke muttered in Karala, 
thumping softly into his side and jolting him out of his reverie. I can feel you thinking. It'll be all right. We'll be all right. I know, he responded just as quietly, mindful of the two charges who were keeping a close and confused eye on their interaction, still half-lidded behind Luke. But I fear that my own instincts are not quite persuaded of that fact yet, or will be any time soon. Luke gave him a small smile tinged with sadness before turning his gaze back to the surroundings. I don't think mine will be either, he agreed in a murmur. But we'll get through it as long as we have each other. Luke looked back out front, the haze of storm around his emotions still keeping them shielded and somewhat muted, even as Vader was permitted to pass through them. We'll deal with our instincts together shortly once we're through here. How does that sound? Together, it was a strange concept to have someone who would be so willing to tolerate and even mirror his own instincts, but it rang with truth. Him and Luke together in whatever this was, however this would manage. Agreed, he replied before he was even fully aware of it, voice low. I would like that. Then let me settle my own urge to protect first. And we'll sort out yours right after, Luke proposed, before huffing out a laugh. Well, we'll make a start, I suppose. I don't think we'll be forgetting this incident for quite some time to come. No. No, he didn't think they would be. Agreed, he rumbled quietly, and Luke smiled, gentle and fierce, but nonetheless carrying something within him that told Vader the runner was far from ready to fully lower his guard. That was the end of their conversation for now at least, and not a moment too soon. The commanders Cody and Apo were coming up to meet them, and concern as well as relief warred prominently within the two. It seemed then that he wasn't the only one who had been worried sick with the disappearance of the little star. I think the stars, Cody began as he walked up to them, momentarily forgetting all sense of decorum in favor of the sheer relief that flooded the force once they got closer. Negran, he greeted formally, head bowing deeply while Apo echoed his sentiment and gesture. Sukwiga, Kotebalapo, Luke returned with a grin, immediately dropping all sense of formality. The mood abruptly lightened as the force emptied out of much of the worry and frustration still festering within the two troopers, and Cody huffed out a soft laugh while Apo seemed to roll his eyes. Sukwiga, Luke, Cody returned as relieved as Vader was with the truth of that statement. You gave us all quit the scare, sir. Luke grimaced, but inclined his head in acknowledgement. It wasn't my intention, I can assure you of that much, but I wasn't about to sit around and let myself get shot by those hunters. Nor was I about to risk my charges. Charges? Apo asked, curiosity peeking through the swirling concern now that they were no longer in a directly hostile situation. These two. Luke indicated with a smile as he stepped to the side, revealing Quara and Cory, both staring at the two troopers with something akin to curious apprehension. Meet Tyrion Quara and Chromus Alun, two of the people I named my charges throughout this event. That seemed to draw the two commanders' interest more than anything, and the force sparked around them as conclusions were drawn from that statement. Protection charges, sir, Cody asked carefully. Pretty much, Luke agreed. I was responsible for their safety throughout this whole ordeal, or, well, yet it with a wince. Perhaps survival is more apt to term for what happened. Bullshit, 
Fauna blurted out before clapping a hand over his mouth, promptly glancing up and around, freezing in place once he saw Vader looking at him. I, 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 he stammered out from behind his hand, mortification in the first fringes of true fear writhing around him. Luke shot him a look over Quanta's head, eyes narrowed with intent, and a quick jab followed shortly over the growing bond. Holding a sigh, he put the charge out of his misery. If you would elaborate on that rather vehement statement, young Quanta, he asked as lightly as he could, Luke's dark look lightening with a nod. It didn't seem to help Quanta's burgeoning fear much, but the air nonetheless took the proffered out with both hands. M merely that, uh, that sir has been vital in keeping us alive, my lord, Quanta squeaked out, voice rasping over every word as he averted his gaze and fidgeted in place. He, he made sure that we were taken care of and, uh, and they kept the peace while fight, fighting for our survival, Quanta swallowed, wincing against the pain that flared with the gesture and seeming to shrink in on himself for a moment. And indeed, his force signature was projecting the wish not to be seen or perceived loud and clear. But then, then Luke placed a hand on Quada's shoulder, startling the young heir out of the fearful pit he was getting stuck in, and offered him a warm, gentle smile, radiating out comfort and calm within the force, like light dappled through stained glass. Quada seemed to take to the effects immediately and Luke's signature nearly seemed to wrap around that of the charge as he started to calm down. Ah, so that was what his home was attempting here. Very well, he could play practice target while the runner coached his charge's confidence. Said charge seemed to rapidly regain his footing now that Luke had offered his support, and turned back to face him, calmer this time, and with nerves much better hidden from sight, though not from the dark which crooned in amusement at the little display, pulled it back from where it was about to inquisitively brush against the part of the air's signature that he suspected was responsible for the blush still coloring the child's cheeks, and it complied, cheering as it went. Still, young Quatter was performing most admirably under his home's wing. What I meant to say, my lord, Quatter attempted again, voice calmer by measures, even as it continued to rasp, is that the look has been doing far more than merely letting us survive. He hesitated for a moment. And he deserves the credit that goes with that. Most impressive. An increasing confidence from the timid figure he had met that morning by a margin normally only seen after multiple days or weeks, usually months. And just on the cusp of when he would need it, too. The dark rumbled stroking carefully along the flow of force that originated from and connected the air to the wider hole, testing to see if they could find the trace of fate that might have bound this young one to his home. Nothing. Yet. Perhaps later. But for now. I know, young Quada, he answered lightly, crossing his arms over his chest. I can assure you, I was more than aware of Luke's capabilities before this incident. Luke shot him a narrow look as Quanta wilted slightly under his gaze, a small measure of confidence leaving him. Oh, he whispered quietly, almost too quietly to hear for anyone not functioning with an enhanced auditory sense. Luke's stare narrowed even further and was now firmly within the category of glare. 
He suppressed the urge to sigh as he continued. However, he amended, I do appreciate the confirmation of information. That was enough to perk the child back up, confidence and a sense of accomplishment surging back up as he glanced back at Luke with a broad smile. He would never admit it out loud, but it was endearing enough that he couldn't help a smile himself as the child seemed to revel in a job well done. If asked, he could always blame his sudden influx of contentment and fondness within the bond on Luke's own smile that followed. Judging from the amusement and hidden laughter that flowed from his two commanders, he would need that excuse sooner rather than later as well. Well, sir, Cody spoke up, sounding like he was hiding his laughter as poorly under the helmet as he was within the force. It seems like you're rather outvoted on the whole ordeal, and I would have to agree after seeing you in Ramakadeek like that. Luke raised an eyebrow. Ramakadeek? Command our state of mind, sir. Apo provided promptly. A kind of mindset where you're willing to endure anything, do anything, as long as it means reaching the goal you have. Think of it like a combination of complete confidence and complete tenacity. It's something most troopers get trained into them when entering the more specialized forces. Recognition and understanding sparked to life and erupted like a thunderstorm within Luke, sweeping along wariness and a distinct sense of resignation. It was here that he realized that it hadn't yet sunk it in for his home, the wild thing that he had become within battle, the potent things he had done in full view of others. There was no turning back now, no concealing it, even if the runner most likely wished otherwise. Part of Luke's reputation was about to change quite drastically now that he'd shown himself capable of warding off far more powerful opponents than anticipated, and when placed at a disadvantage, too. He would have to have Kix take stock of how many mercenaries had been ended by Luke's blade rather than by his. A kill count would be useful for gauging just how lethal his home could truly be when backed into a corner. Right, Luke muttered, pinching the bridge of his nose. Right, that's... He sighed deeply. Fuck, he eventually muttered, quiet but emphatic. Sir? Apple asked quietly, concern reawakening itself from where it had slumbered under relief. It's nothing, Apple, Luke dismissed with a wave of his hand, and he could only grimace at the utter exhaustion within Luke's voice. Or at least, nothing I want to talk about at the moment. I still need to check in on my charges, and then... Luke glanced towards him and he could only send a strong blaze of warmth and faith back, drawing his home back towards his side for added comfort and support. Well, Luke continued, we'll see about it then. Cody and Apple exchanged quick glances before directing them towards him, question clear. It has been a long day for both Luke and his named charges, he told the two commanders, careful not to raise his voice too much, eyeing the manner in which Luke was somehow still standing firm despite it all. Tenacity indeed. He still has matters that need to be taken care of before he can submit to medical, and after that he needs to rest. Luke shot him a look at that last addition, but didn't protest it. In fact, if the wry smile and the threads of exhaustion that were starting to become more prominent were any indication, he very much agreed. And so did the commanders, it seemed. Once they had caught sight of the weariness that was starting to show through the cracks in the runner's stalwart mask, and he wasn't talking about the strange black piece that Luke was still wearing to cover the majority of his facial features. Agreed, sir, 
Cody said quietly, dipping his head for a moment. I don't envy you the task of trying to convince Kix of it. He huffed at a soft sound, Luke looking rather amused at the implications as well. I will make it an order if I have to, he rumbled lowly. I can't believe I'm saying this, sir. Apple muttered while they resumed their march towards the makeshift medical corner. But it might not be enough to deter him this time. Then that will be his problem, he dismissed, eyeing the clone medic who was kneeling down as he examined the leg of a Wookiee that had claimed to be with Luke. Not mine. Cody snorted and stepped to the side as they approached the medical corner, Luke's attention already shifting fully towards the people he had named as charges in all of this. He knew not to be upset, that it was merely the runner acting on instincts far older than his bond with Vader by any measure of it, but it still stung in a manner. He hadn't lied when he had told Luke that his own instincts toward the little star were still in complete overdrive. If it had been any situation less dire than the one they had been in or were now in, he would have wrapped himself around Luke the moment there was a second to spare and not let go. As it was, he would have to satiate himself with weaving and feeding more and more power into the ever-growing bond between the two of them as Luke knelt down beside the Wookiee, dodging Kix's own attempts at entrapment with lithe grace and selective hearing, a skill the medic was very unappreciative of if the simmering annoyance was anything to judge by, as well as the look he was no doubt being given from behind the visor, imploring him to do something. He chose to ignore it. Luke stationed himself next to the injured Wookiee, a bandaged Twi'lek making surreptitious room for him while a Togruta leaned in against him, awaiting her own wounds to be bandaged. Luke let it happen, speaking in soft tones while the Wookiee replied in equal measures. "'How are you holding up, Lakmir?' he whispered, the desert tongue lilting and strange within the air, freezing him as if a spell had been spoken. "'What?' "'Well enough, Rafe.' The Wookiee Lakmir replied back, apparently fully capable of understanding the obscure tongue. This one knows what he's doing, even if he is Empire. He is with me in my home, so yes, that would be expected, Luke replied. Amusement thick in his tone as laughter danced with something almost chiding. Lakmir blinked and dipped her head, seemingly processing that statement. Your home? The Twi'lek asked carefully and he could only choke on air at that reply, Karala full and clear on the Twi'lek's tongue, carrying with it a full understanding of everything that he had thought he only shared with Luke anymore. This wasn't... this was... he wasn't ready. How were these people in that dust ball? How? He wasn't... he couldn't... Luke leaned back slightly, resting his back and head against Vader's leg and drawing everyone's attention up towards him, as the force seemed to freeze around him, shock, surprise, fear, realization, understanding. The emotions boiled and spat all around, lying just under the perfectly blank surface of shock. The dark hissed and snapped at it, as discomforted as he was with the whole ordeal until... until... until Luke... The little star relaxed against him and the bond saturated with warmth, trust, faith, care, fondness, trust, memories, understanding, joy, relief, trust. It threaded through the dark, calming the hissing and spitting entity and smoothing down Vader's hackles. Yes, Luke replied quietly, 
a soft and tired smile echoing through the forest. My home. The trio gaped at him, uncomprehending and disbelieving as eyes flashed between him and the runner. The runner? Their runner? What in the name of... The twilight mumbled, gazing up at him in blank mystification before turning sharply towards Luke. Does he know? Excuse her in her attitude, he was right here. He does, he rumbled lowly, realizing just a moment too late what he had revealed when all three women blanked again at his words, freezing up right when he did. Luke, meanwhile, was as serene as could be and merely nodded. I believe that speaks for itself, he responded with a grin. Blackmere, Valmora, Zariah, meet my home, Vader. He shifted slightly against Vader's leg, tilting his head back and glancing up with a wide, warm smile. My home? Meet my former charges. I was the runner for their flight to freedom. That explains nothing and everything all at the same time. Fortunately, he was given no time to contemplate as Lakmir shifted and growled lowly towards Luke. You taught him? He did not, he hissed right back, the dark backing him up with a growl of his own because no, no, he knew damn well what she was trying to pin on his home here, and he was not having it. Damn his own crisis of identity, he would not have them bring Luke's into question. Evidently, even as disoriented as he was feeling, he still possessed more than enough of a menacing demeanor to dissuade the three of their chosen path, blanching. They withdrew underneath his fury, signatures coiling in on themselves and attempting to shrink from sight. Come, my home, Luke soothed, reaching up a hand to loosely hold one of his own. Come. They mean no harm, merely to protect. They dare imply that you would forsake a vow, he retorted sharply, nearly barking out the words with the fury they contained. They dare. And they would be right to do so, Luke responded, calm as could be and softly thumping his head back against Vader's knee. Your path is a mystery to the galaxy. The assumption that I revealed what isn't mine to reveal is a more natural one than most. He resented the idea that that statement made any sense in any universe it could be conceived of. Luke would not betray a vow, he would not. There was still much to the runner that was still a mystery in some form, but not that. Not his integrity. They dared. The Togruta, Zariah, carefully glanced between him and Luke with wide eyes. You mean to imply? That is none of your business, quite frankly, Luke answered mildly, dangerously. But as I have said to Lachnir and Valmora, there's more to my situation and choices than meets the eye. All you need to know for the moment is that Vader is my home and I am his, that is all. And let anyone dare try and question that. I see, Zariah muttered while glancing between him and Luke. My best wishes to you and your chosen home, then, my lord. May your names be spoken as one. Slightly mollified by the formal acceptance of their chosen roles, his hackles lowered from where they had been raised to stand on end. 
He'd even graciously ignored the fact that this was the first time any of them had spoken with anything resembling respect towards him. May your names be spoken as one, Dunmora agreed quietly, grabbing Lachnir's hand and radiating sincerity clear enough to refract in the light streaming through the bond. And may you never suffer the pain of separation. Thank you, Luke said with a dip of his head, and Vader begrudgingly copied his gesture. Despite the audacity of their earlier accusations, the blessings were genuine in their intent, and that was something to, if not cherish, at least respect. Likewise, he rumbled, rubbing a thumb over the gloved and engraved fingers still loosely resting within his grasp. It is appreciated. Lachmere was still regarding them with a strange look, long and calculating as her signature compressed under the weight of her contemplations. He stared right back and refused to break gaze, daring her to say whatever it was that she was thinking of out loud or to keep her silence. Lachmere, Luke eventually said quietly, drawing all attention back towards him. You have the wisdom of age, but this decision, this was made with wisdom my own. Trust that. If nothing else. Lachmere's gaze shifted over from Luke to him and back again, and he barely resisted growling back at her until she finally nodded. As you say, Wraith, she agreed reluctantly. May your names be spoken as one, and may you never suffer the pain of separation. Thank you, Luke replied quietly, looking over to where Kix appeared to be finishing up wrapping Lachmere's knee. Be well taken care of, he noted quietly. Promise as much as anything. Can I trust to leave you alone amongst my fellows for a moment while I make sure that my other charges are safe? The three exchanged glances for a moment before turning back to Luke. You trust these people? Amora asked. I do, Luke answered. No hesitation at all. And Vader couldn't help but feel pride swell within his chest at how readily his little star said those words. The agreement I have with them is not quite that of a runner in charges, but we have an agreement nonetheless. I know it seems strange and that you don't trust the Empire, but you will be well taken care of by these people and never chained, I promise. Promise? Blackmere asked sharply. Or vow? He froze at the sharp question. But Luke seemed to have expected it, as he squeezed Vader's fingers lightly and inclined his hands toward Blackmere. Very well, Luke muttered. I vow that you will be well taken care of by these people and never chained. Satisfied? Apparently so, as all tension seemed to drain out of Lachmere within an instant, her signature uncoiling from its defensive position and expanding back out to its natural state. Satisfied, she agreed. Thank you, Wraith. Thank you for your faith in me. His little star returned with a smile. Now please excuse me. I still have to check in on the others. In sharp contrast to their earlier, warier behavior, this time all three former charges bid Luke a quiet farewell, exchanging blessings while he rose to his feet, ignoring the caustic glare being sent their way by the silent medic who had so far refrained from interfering. 
Vader wouldn't ask, but he was fairly certain Kix was planning out how to corner each and every one of them into bed rest for at least a whole day once the worst of the commotion died down. That would have to wait, though. The moment Luke found his feet once more, he was off again, with Quada and Lun promptly rejoining their small group. They stuck as close to his home as they could, despite the myriad of security officers on the scene. Though granted, he supposed that if he had to put his faith in anything or anyone to guard him against harm, he too would choose a runner bound by a vow over any other option. It was simple math, really, to determine which between a runner and a trooper would be truly bound to both the letter and the spirit of their oaths. And judging by the way in which those former charges had addressed his home, Wraith... He asked Luke quietly while they searched for the other charges put under his care, squeezing the fingers of the hand he still hadn't let go, feeling the resistance of the metal through his own rudimentary sensors. Do I dare ask where that came from? Exasperation flared as Luke groaned, tugging lightly on the bead threaded into the end of one of the braids curling along the side of his head, keeping the normally wild mop of hair carefully in check. It's nothing. Luke dismissed. Just a name given to me by the people back home. I don't exactly advertise who I am, so they decided to give me one. I'd say it's a bit more than that, sir. Quarter rasped out. Didn't they call you the Storm's Champion? They what now? Don't talk, Luke immediately snapped back. The little speech you just gave was already pushing it. Don't think I couldn't tell, so don't talk. Not until you've gotten a medic to look at that throat of yours. He immediately began looking around. Speaking of which, he muttered as he scanned the crowd. You're avoiding the subject, sir. Cody protested with some amusement. I'm trying to avoid Tyrion sustaining permanent damage after getting choked, Luke retorted sharply. We can talk about the rest after we get everyone medical attention and to safety. Would everyone happen to include you too, sir? Apo suggested innocently, receiving a vile look from Luke for his trouble, to which he promptly raised his arms in surrender. Only asking, sir. Luke groaned and rolled his eyes, talking again on the bead threaded into his braid. Eventually, he acquiesced. I still have things I need to do before submitting to medical, and don't give me that look, he said, glaring at the blank visor of Cody that was nonetheless managing to convey perfectly how unimpressed the commander was with that sentence. I do know when to take care of my injuries, but I also know when they aren't an immediate priority. As you say, sir, Cody answered, sounding as dubious as could be. Luke promptly rolled his eyes and yanked his hood back over his head, grumbling something fierce as he continued to scan the crowd. Vader was barely able to stifle a chuckle while the runner surveyed the crowd, the annoyance and indignation flowing across the bonds just strong enough to be comical something that was evidently sensed by his little star when a single bright flint of an eye looked up at him from under the hood's shade with furious indignation. Any other medics aside from Kicks here? Luke asked eventually, voice icy flat and thoroughly unimpressed. Tyrion needs to see one, and I'd rather it be sooner than later. I'm fine, sir, Quata protested in a hoarse rasp that did absolutely nothing to corroborate his assertion, something that Luke clearly agreed on, judging by the stern look he promptly leveled at his charge. You got strangled, he retorted flatly. And considering that Vader recommended that you see a medic, you will. 
there is one person I trust to understand the consequences of strangulation. It's him. And now he was giving Luke a flat look while tapping him sharply through the bond and reprimand. Luke merely turned a look upon him that clearly asked him to refute his point while prodding back just as sharply, and, well, he couldn't, but... Apple made the poor choice of letting his amusement slip out of his composure with a snort right that moment, and having found a new target for his indignation, he turned his look into a glare and leveled it at the commander. Apple wisely made the decision to stow any further sounds of amusement even as the force sang with it around him. Luke evidently wasn't even going to wait for that much as he spotted what he was looking for. Only a few paces away, guards wearing a blue armband emblazoned with a golden teardrop were busily working to help their colleagues with the wounds they had sustained during the battle to subdue what little remains of the mercenaries they had left alive. Medics, clearly. Tugging on his arm, Luke dragged them all towards the medics, clearly intent on getting quite medical attention sooner rather than later, something that he rather agreed with now that he was reminded of the heir's earliest strangulation. Their approach was quickly noticed by the various people working on the injured, and true to form, their arrival inspired more than one soul to abruptly pretend that they hadn't noticed their arrival in any way, shape, or form. Thankfully, the majority of the medics were made of far sterner stuff than those cowardly few, and already an unofficial representation had taken it upon themselves to come up to greet them. With a swift salute, a young Faline positioned herself squarely in front of them, eyes switching rapidly between him and Luke, even as her expression remained stern. Field Medic Austras, she introduced herself. Quara God, how can I help you, sirs? Tyrion was strangled by one of the hunters after he was kidnapped, Luke promptly disclosed earning himself a betrayed look from Quana that was met with a stern look of Luke's own, frothy enough to freeze water over. Needless to say, Quana backed down with a sheepish nod while the runner directed his attention back to Medicalstress. He needs medical attention and a full checkup to see if any of the things we've done impacted him negatively, so does Corey here. And you, sir? Austras asked with a raised eyebrow, eyeing the drying blood spatters and various shallow cuts littering his home's body. I'm more durable than I look, and very used to making self-diagnoses of my injuries, Luke promptly answered her, unbothered by the dubious look that that statement earned him. I have no injuries that require immediate attention at the moment, and duties that do. I'll complete them and submit myself to medical attention right after. Metagaustris, for her part, eyed his form with blatant doubt. The amount of blood on you would say otherwise, sir, she noted flatly. Ninety percent of that isn't mine, Luke immediately shot back. I prefer close-quarters combat with bladed weapons, which unfortunately leads to me looking like this if a time squeeze forces me to get messy. True enough, unlike his lightsaber, the double-edged blade that Luke had used to finish off their opponents didn't cauterize any wounds. Even with his vision largely composed of various shades of red, he could still tell that his home was rather covered in the substance. I can confirm that he is largely unharmed, he told the medic carting through Luke's signature for any and all hints of pain he could detect. There are injuries, but he has not sustained as many as one would infer from the amount of blood present. Thank you, Luke said, still staring down the medic. Now would you please take care of my charges while I look for the remaining three? Eyes flicked between Quara and Luke before narrowing deeply, a fence flitting around the edges of her signature. Your charges? Luke's own eyes narrowed in response, Guard rising as his form subtly shifted, preparing for a fight, and Vader found himself only seconds away from following suit. Alstress! Another medic barked out, coming up from behind her, 
What in Nausos' name is causing the delay? An old, wrinkled monk, Calamari, wrestled her way up front, signature blazing with resolve and irritation, and she glared as best she could at all around. Lacerations, she declared promptly. Bruising, bleeding. Why in the blazing forges haven't you sent these people through for medical care yet? She yelled, turning upon the young Faline, who was looking as unflappable as ever in expression, but whose signature betrayed her mortification. That's what we were trying to arrange, Luke interrupted mildly. Tyrion was strangled by one of the hunters while he was kidnapped, as well as subjected to some harsh conditions while we were on the run. Cory wasn't strangled, but he still needs a checkup. Can we please get one arranged for both of them? Immediately, the new medic agreed. Senior field medic Barstu. A pleasure. Now let's make sure that you don't continue bleeding all over. Not mine, Luke interrupted sharply, drawing on the end of his rope as irritation began to spark high across the bond. I'm fine. I have no major injuries. I need to check on my other three charges first before I submit to medical, and will do so only after I know they're fine too. Can we please focus down? Bost O shot Luke a look, but was evidently either unwilling to engage in discourse or believed the Little Star's assessment. Auspice, take the young count and get him checked out, Bost O ordered the falling medic. If you get sidetracked again, I'm writing you up. Deliver Cory. Alun, Alun corrected promptly. Arms crossed over his chest while glaring at the medic. Alun, Bastu amended without missing a beat. To Forsta, move it! With the order given, the junior medic quickly fell into position, shepherding away the two aristocrats for their much-needed medical examination, or at least after the two had glanced towards Luke for permission given. With a nod and a friendly smile, the runner sent his two charges on their way, letting them disappear out of sight as medics began to swarm around them. There was a momentary shudder of discomfort and balking refusal, and no, no, no through Luke's entire presence as the two disappeared from sight, but with a great heaving breath it smoothed back out again in a show of restraint that honestly had him perplexed and impressed. All right, Bastu said, having noticed exactly none of the runner's inner turmoil while she was seeing the two off. With that taken care of, sir, what about you? She turned towards the two of them. You say that blood isn't yours? It isn't. Luke quickly confirmed. There's some that's mine, but most of it isn't, and yes, I'll submit to medical in a moment, but I have duties that are more pressing than my injuries right now, so if you could please help me fulfill them quickly, I'll also be quicker to allow myself to be poked and prodded at. A quick glance was sent his way, medic bossed ooze, silently asking for assistance, but accepting rather quickly that she wasn't going to find any with him when he crossed his arms and merely glowered at her. I believe Luke has made his demands quite clear. He noted in a rumble. I suppose he has, Bastu agreed, flicking her large eyes. Right then, what's your business, sir? I have three other charges I need to check in on, Luke replied promptly, shoulders sagging in relief at finally finding someone cooperative. A wren named Crosshair who had a head injury and a concussion, as well as two humans named Zevulon Veers and Quinn Montador. Both had bruised ribs with likely hairline fractures, as well as Zev having taken a shot to the shoulder and a fall off the top of the train. Recognition sparked like a meteor shower, and Barst U's eyes brightened with recognition. Yes, I know who you're talking about, she confirmed. The first two have been stabilized and are ready to depart for the nearest hospital in a moment's notice, so you'll need to hurry if you want to see... Where? Luke's signature flared with alarm as the medic talked. Roiling with it like a storm at sea. I can show you, Barstu suggested, picking up the pace that was pouring forth from Luke into the bond as well as the air. 
Please. Luke agreed. And thankfully, that was all that needed to be said for the medic to turn on her heel and begin walking at a brisk pace, cutting through the droves of guards and medics alike with an authoritative stride. People from all sides gave them searching looks, and curiosity flew high and bold within the forest like a banner. Wisely, though, none decided to waylay them in their brisk walk through the ranks. Mare! Cody grumbled as they followed the medic, and Vader firmly agreed. This nonsense had gone on for long enough, and despite his insistence to the contrary, Luke needed medical attention, and he needed it preferably today. He may not have been shot, thank the Force, the dark whining lowly in agreement, but he was still clearly worse for wear, and Vader suspected that the runner was keeping himself going on a sense of sheer duty more than anything else. Would it really have been so difficult to point us to them in the first place? Apple agreed with a snort, mumbling under his breath. Damn pride. The Koran claimed another ward, so what? I didn't see them there fighting off the mercs from their air. Just the Garand and the law. Which may be the exact sticking point, he supplied quietly to the two commanders, thinking back to emotions that had spilled off of the young Faline medic. I suspect that with some of the younger personnel, their collective pride may have been bruised due to their role effectively being usurped by Luke during a critical moment. He huffed out of breath, turning his gaze back upon the medic, who was currently leading them to the last of their objectives before finally, finally, the screaming, buzzing, wailing under his skin could be calmed down. Though it seems, he noted quietly, that their seniors, thankfully, have a more mature outlook on the situation. Thank the force for that, sir, Cody muttered as he scanned the surroundings, ever on the lookout for threats. I don't even want to know how all this could have gone if we had to negotiate bruised pride while the Garan had just finished getting shot at. Agreed, he rumbled. Or I fear that I would have been quite unable to restrain myself from resorting to drastic actions. He did not have to clarify what he meant, and the commander's signatures flared with equal parts wariness and agreement. None of them had had a very long fuse after the events of today, but with the approaching end of the immediate dire situation, there was the promise of some measure of peace in sight. Luke, meanwhile, seems to have found something rather similar of his own accord, with purpose burning through the runner in a single-minded intent, blocking out nearly everything else up to and including the bond, and oh, oh. That explained more than a few instances of frustration on his behalf over the last few hours. He wasn't given much time to ponder the implications of that minor revelation, though, as they arrived towards the back of the milling crowd of medics and guards, near where a small number of speeders were parked, with notably different markings from the more law-enforcement-oriented speeders behind them. For one thing, these speeders were bearing the additional markings of an ambulance, although a rather subdued one, and as he suspected, they found the expected stretchers out by the back, bearing what he presumed were two of the people they were looking for while several people hovered over them, one notably being General Veers, whose concern hung as thick and heavy in the air as the storm, both dark clouds mingling together into an impressive force that had the dark humming with power. A strangled sound of utter relief escaped Luke, and he quickened his pace to a short jog, leaving the rest of them to catch up. The senior medic made a small noise as Luke rushed past her, but her signature rapidly shifted into indulgent satisfaction as Luke leaned over both stretchers. The old Rin secured to one of the stretchers took one look at his little star and immediately radiated out an annoyed contempt that was, frankly speaking, as baffling as it was offensive to the point of rage-inducing. 
so that he would have promptly let the elderly man know if it weren't for the fact that Luke merely rolled his eyes and began exchanging short, brusque words with the Rin. Only a few quick lines of dialogue later, and Luke was already backing off the stretcher to let the medics continue with their work, slightly irritated, but relief and contentment with his achievement floated through the force like silver gossamer on a breeze. He'll be fine, Luke told him when he stepped back up beside him, watching as the stretcher was floated away to be secured into one of the speeders. He was right back to his ornery self, so I doubt that whatever hit him hit him hard enough to actually change anything in there. And wasn't that just interesting? You mean to tell me that this is the man's general demeanor? He inquired, raising an eyebrow that he knew Luke would see despite being physically unable to. Well, yes, Luke answered bluntly, talking on one of the beads woven into his braid. Crosshair is an interesting character. I wouldn't call him bad per se, but he can be abrasive to those around him, let's put it that way. He mentally translated that to never allowing himself to be within the general vicinity of the man for more than five minutes at a time, lest he have to explain all of a sudden why one of his home's charges wasn't breathing anymore. The dark rumbled in agreement, and he estimated that the only reason it wasn't any more eager to follow through on that thought was the implicit threat that Luke would be incredibly, furiously upset with them, likely to the point of cutting ties, and that just... he couldn't bear that. And for some reason, the dark didn't seem to be all that eager to invoke it either, curling around their feet like a heartbroken hound, something that would have inspired incredulity only months earlier, but now only warranted a raised eyebrow. I'll make note of that, replied dryly. And the remaining two? Just behind us, Luke answered, turning around and indicating both the remaining suspect stretcher with a jerk of his chin as well as a freshly bandaged youth he thought he recognized from earlier today. Luke was already walking towards the two charges, deliberate and careful in his movements in a similar manner one would be if one was liable to spook a wild animal. How are you two holding up? He heard Luke ask the bandaged youth while shooting General Veers a quick nod of acknowledgement. We're all right, the youth, Montador, that was the name, replied. This guy's, well, he's in a rough shape. The batter you got into our systems earlier is already working, as is the emergency batch they applied to him to tide him over until they can get him to a hospital. Matador sighed and picked idly at one of his bandages, swiftly being stopped by a gentle but firm hand from Luke. He's not critical as far as the medics can tell, and actually in a remarkably good shape for someone who got shot and promptly fell off a roof, but he's still going to need a submersion just to be safe. His home grimaced, and he could understand that sentiment. Luke hadn't been conscious for his own experience with the back to tank, but what the medics had told him about it afterwards had been more than enough to persuade the runner that there was little worse than having to go under and lose both his awareness and mobility for however long it lasted. How long? Luke asked, worried twining its way around his two charges. Nah, not sure, a rasping voice replied and it took him a moment to connect the broken and scraping sounds to the young veers lying prone on the stretcher. They'll probably be out quickly enough, he muttered. They've never seen a shot wound this shallow, not severe, he groaned, head moving slightly as pain lanced through the force. My head's too, you know what I mean. I do, Luke assured him, rest. Young Veers evidently noticed none of the slight enhancement to the suggestion, or simply didn't care, as he nodded and went still against the stretcher once more, 
his father lowering a gauntleted hand to gently stroke over his hair. Any idea where you all are heading? Luke continued quietly. I believe that there was talk of the Quarters arranging for private care, General Veers replied hollowly, relief and concern equally deep and embattled within him as he worried over his son. I don't... I didn't register much more than that, but... There it is, Medic Barst U confirmed, breaking her silence and reminding everyone of her presence. The Lord and Lady believe that regular medical care is more than a single risk to take at the moment. If at all possible, you will all be treated in the nearby Rosquaglo Palace and under heavy guard. The historic palace, it wouldn't be his first choice, but it was closer and would require a less strenuous journey than returning to the drive yards, on the condition that the Quadras would cooperate with heavy supplementation of their usual guards. And when will this happen? Luke asked. But before any answer could be given, a sharp chime came from the senior medic, and she produced a small pager unit, many of the medics around her following her lead. Glancing at the screen, she blinked before looking back up at Luke. Seems there's your answer, sir, she retorted wryly. The palace has been set up with the necessary equipment to get these two the treatment they need, as well as all the other patients. We'll begin breaking down the equipment we have here and send these two there for treatment first, after we've informed the other two guards to get ready for an escort, of course. I'll take care of that, General Revere's volunteered, abruptly freezing in place as his attention shifted over to Vader, force rising with realization even as concern and desperation remained as prominent as could be. The general clearly wanted to accompany or provide something for his son, and normally Vader would reprimand the multiple breaches in protocol, but he glanced over to the bruised and battered form of the young Zevulon Veers, covered in blood and grime and rapidly darkening patches of skin. He sighed. Agreed, general, he rumbled, the man releasing what seems to be a sigh of relief into the force. I trust that you know what to do. He ought to, by all standards, but with the state the man was in, he wasn't about to leave it to chance. Brilliant as Veers could be with a level head, currently the general was anything but level-headed. Not that he could bring himself to fault the man, to have one's son be in danger, he couldn't empathize with that, not quite yet. But even the idea that he one day might be able to was enough to leave him feeling shaken. It seemed he hadn't needed to worry, though, as the general straightened out and offered a curt bow. I do, my lord, he acknowledged. Good, he rumbled. Commanders Cody and Apple will accompany you in this endeavor. The two voted, nodding curtly, taking the task without complaint and soothing away a lingering worry concerning the general's ability to remain level-headed throughout this task. Not detached, he wasn't fool enough to demand that. The two commanders knew their task well. Would be enough. Dismissed, gentlemen, he ordered with a wave. And with no further words exchanged, the general marched out at haste, the two commanders right on his heels. Yes, it would be enough. With the two stretchers being moved towards the waiting ambulances, and the young Montador being ushered away right alongside them, something seemed to flicker within Luke. Vulnerable and fragile and so strange after the sheer power that had coursed through the runner. Little one, he asked the dark crooning with concern as it began to wrap around them like seaweed would around a diver's legs. Are you? I'm fine. Luke immediately answered, the lie stinging bitterly in the air for just a fraction before the little star sighed. All right, well, as fine as I can be, I guess. 
demanded. Just tired. Tired and in more than a little pain and he sighed again, shaking his head before huffing out a laugh. They're safe, he eventually muttered. The wonder at the truth of that statement swirling through the air, weaving through the dark like the current of a water column. They're safe. It was like an entire world lifted off of the shoulders of his home, the proud posture slumping in as the little star leaned heavily against him, pressed against his side. Like a switch flipped, Luke's tireless energy and determination seemed to desert him the moment the purpose for it did, and suddenly the runner radiated nothing less than sheer exhaustion. The dark lifted up around them, wrapping around and under and supporting the small, so small, and to think he had looked nothing less than fierce a moment ago, frame leaning against him. Luke, he muttered while wrapping both the edge of his mantle and arm around the little star. It's all right, Luke whispered back. I'm just tired. Or, no, he shook his head, not tired. Exhausted. Been on high alert for too long, fleeing, fighting, they ask, a lot. Especially with, well, everything, I guess. He smiled as he glanced up at Vader, still leaning heavily against his side while bright eyes sparkled within the black of the mask. But it was worth it, I would think. He leaned his head against Vader. They're safe. They are, he agreed, drawing his arm a little tighter around Luke, sharply reminded that for most humans... A ten-minute fight was already far too much to ask. Never mind everything that Luke had been through. The dark whined lowly at the reminder, as on edge as he himself still felt. Luke hummed lowly and glanced back up at him. Then I supposed that... Even if the flight hasn't... My mission as a runner has come to its end, he noted. Smiling lightly like that meant something more than... Uh, it seemed that perhaps the stress of the day wasn't only getting to Luke. How are you feeling? Luke muttered. Kavala soft and gentle on his tongue. The lilting sound of the words nearly allowing him to believe that the little star was merely humming a lullaby. But the question itself... As on edge as I can remember feeling in years, he admitted quietly... Instincts are not so easily persuaded. Luke grimaced sympathetically and quietly placed a hand on Vader's own, drawing it up and unfurling it with a gentle touch. Letting the little star do as he pleased, he watched curiously as Luke made him extend two of his fingers, bringing them up and level to his face. Just as he was about to ask what Luke was doing, the little star tilted his head back and pressed the two fingers just under his jaw, the vibrations trilling through the leather of the gloves and into the rudimentary sensors of his prostheses. It wasn't much, but it was just enough to overwhelm the feeling of what he was looking for and his own thundering heartbeat as he realized what his home was doing. Then he felt it. It was faint the leather nearly blocking the sensors entirely from picking it up, but it was there. A soft, gentle pulse that thrummed underneath his fingers in regular intervals, 
proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that lifeblood was still flowing underneath. Luke's heartbeat, steady and strong within him, telegraphing itself effortlessly into his fingers as they dug into one of his home's most vulnerable points. A beat that could so very easily be snuffed out, but that was still there, in spite of all the odds, and still strong. Yes, he whispered back, nearly choking on the word as he felt the life underneath his fingertips. I'm here, Luke muttered, wrapping his whole hand around Vader's and pressing it gently, firmly against his pulse point. The heart beat strong and steady as it thrummed through him. I'm here, and I'm alive. I made it through. It wasn't easy, but I made it through. Whole and hale and alive. The last word rung out with a quiet power. Sparking and streaking through the force like shooting stars. Whirling and spinning around them in iridescent light so very, very similar to Luke's shining core. It was a power that rung with the truth, stroking up against the dark, wrapping around in and through it as it soared through the bond, carrying with it the fact that his home was alive, alive, alive. A strangled sob wrenched itself through the air, and it took him a moment to register that it came from him, but never mind that, never mind, because his home was here, and he was alive. He barely even realized that he'd decided to step forward, and by the time he did, he was already bringing up his other hands to cradle Luke's head, leaning forward and down, 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 pressing the brow of his mask against Luke's forehead as the heartbeat continued to thrum underneath his fingertips. Another wretched, sobbing sound left him, mangled beyond recognition by the vocoder but he couldn't even begin to care. Because Luke was here and alive, and resting his other hand on the arm that Vader was cradling him with, not pushing away or dismissing him or telling him to let go. I'm here, Luke mumbled. His own prosthesis squeezing Vader's as the lifeblood continued to pulse underneath their hands, both humming with the vibrations of Luke's voice. I'm alive, I promise made it back to you. I'm here, my home. I'm here, I promise. Luke's eyes stared up into the lenses of his mask, smiling before closing and simply pressing back against the brow of Vader's mask while keeping his fingers pressed into his pulse point, content to simply stand there and let Vader assure himself that all of Luke's continuous mutterings were indeed true and as real as the storm still brewing above them. His home. His home. Force he hadn't considered only a few hours ago just how true the description matched halves of a set was. Individuals unto themselves, yet so fiercely intertwined that one could not be properly presented in full without the other. Your heart home, the one who you linked both name and presence with as much as the suns and moons did. Where one went, the other followed, interwoven fates that none would break, none but death. He heaved a shuddering breath, and between one blink and the next, he pulled Luke into a fierce embrace, sweeping the little star in against his chest and enveloping him with his frame near entirely. 
Luke squeaked in surprise that flared through the bond but didn't protest. Contently settling into Vader's embrace and wrapping his own arms around his torso in turn. He tucked Luke's head under his chin, pressing the little star against his neck guard, while light hair flared up around every exhale of the respirator. Good. Good. That was real. The wind was real. The pressure against his chest, the form within his arms, this was real. Luke was here and real and true. He heaved a shuddering breath as the dark wrapped even further around them, forming a protective barrier around them that he would dare anyone to disturb, while he drew Luke even further into the embrace. Luke hugged him tighter in return, mindful only of the control box on his chest as both arms wrapped as far around his torso as they could manage, disappearing along with the rest of Luke into the folds of his mantle. I'm here, Luke continued to murmur. I'm here, I'm here, I'm alive, I'm alive, my home, I'm alive, I promise I'm alive. The words rolled over him. A constant stream of soothing noise that meant his home was both here and healthy enough to make them. Letting himself be fully engulfed by Vader while having access to all of his most vulnerable spots and taking advantage of none of them. Love, desperate and burning like the star he held within his arms, sparked to life inside his chest like a lightning strike. Force and sons, he loved this child. Loved him so dearly that he wouldn't even know what to do with himself should he lose him. Closing his eyes against the onslaught of feelings, and a realization he still didn't know what to do with. He buried himself deep within the bond, letting it flow up and over and through him as he lost himself in the iridescent glow of Luke's signature. A signature bright, so bright, brighter than it had any right being for someone who never even seemed interested in reaching out to the Force, for all that it hung thick enough around them that it seemed like ethereal cobwebs drifting around Luke's form. He breathed in, and even through the respirator he could feel the Force lying thick and heavy in the air, untouched by his own influence and that of the dark, as clear and bright as a mountain stream, feeding him Luke's emotions. A constant torrent of warmth, joy, trust, care, contentment, hope, trust, warmth, fondness, ardor, trust, trust, care, that nearly had him reeling with the force of it, as it poured in thick through his own mess of emotions, singing bright and high over his own thundering din. Black as void wove through iridescent light, ink drops in liquid mother of pearl. And he breathed with the cycles, as more and more emotions and even memories trickled through the bond. The sensation of dread and cold, hardened determination as a path solidified. Singular focus and tenacious ferocity as a goal was bitten into and refused to be relinquished. Exasperated fondness and patience as knowledge had to be shared and lessons learned. Guarded vigilance and creeping on cat's feet around shadowed danger. A prayer and a hope answered by power beyond measure. The storm thundered overhead, breaking into their little bubble of existence, loud and powerful and thoroughly unwelcome in the moment. The dark hissed viciously at it, snapping at it in a manner that he ought to discourage, but he couldn't find himself disagreeing with in the moment. 
at least not until bright iridescence brushed up through the inky void with a distinctly disapproving air, cowing the dark into ceasing its spitting contest against the storm that enveloped the whole area. The darkness curled away from the roiling mass of something that he could now clearly sense overhead, and that would have to be enough. It would have to be. Because currently he couldn't imagine doing anything more. Luke whispered along the bond with contentment, satisfaction, agreement. And he breathed in deeply as he turned his back on the storm above, drawing the dark back down with him as he refocused on Luke and Luke alone. There was a flash of gratitude within the little star's presence that sparked like fireworks, trailing in streams along his own liquid void. And he sent back a billow of warmth, care, adoration, trust, love, love, love. As flat as he could. The light wrapped within him flared bright in sheer joy, elation, care, trust, happiness that chirped back like a songbird. And he couldn't help the flare of warmth that burst up within his chest. The bond was alive with light and shadow, flooded with emotions exchanged between the two of them and growing stronger with the moment as they fed power into it from both ends growing it from a filament of gossamer threads to a line of freshly spun steel, still white-hot from the forge. He fed more power into it, needing to make sure that it could not, would not, go silent on him again and leave him with only his own echo coming back to him. Luke chirped and cheeped, pitching in with efforts of his own, power flowing back to him, and it was all he could do not to freeze. Where was Luke getting this power? This was not... It was coming from within, not without. He rumbled softly, twining deeper along the liquid tendrils of light that wrapped around and made up the bond, brushing firmly up against them in an attempt to see what they were made of and receiving odd visions in return. Luke welcomed him in without guile or hesitation, wrapping around him with a chirrup that so deeply resembled a purr while he flooded Vader's senses with something bright, iridescent, and wild. It sparked and lashed like restrained lightning, unfettered power tossing itself against the reins of calm and warmth and care that Luke restrained it with like a wild beast, held in check only by the firm but surprisingly gentle hand of the little star. Not so much a battle of wills as a hierarchy of consciousness that seemed to come from within as a power as bright, brilliant, and burning as a star slumbered deep, deep within the many layers, fortifications, restraints. What was it that kept this, this, slumbering like it did? Sleeping, pacified, in a fugue state? What was Luke doing? And if this was the power sleeping, what awaited when it woke up? What was this? He prodded deeper, always taking care to sense the thrumming sensation so reminiscent of a purr around him, content and comfortable, while he wound himself through the sparking, liquid power that Luke poured into the bond. There was something here, something familiar. He didn't quite recognize it, or at all if he was obliged to honesty, but there was something a useless word. Yet he couldn't think of another. This wasn't anything he knew. 
or indeed anything he apparently recognized. It wasn't the light he knew that much, not with how immense it seems to be. Wild and fierce and free, in a way the light never had been. If this power was the Force, it was nothing he recognized as it, nothing like the more overt threads and tendrils that gathered so eagerly around Luke and whispered all manner of knowledge into the listening ears of the little star. Even slumbering, this power had more of a bite to it than the light ever had. He rumbled deeply as more and more of the strange threads of liquid light and sparking, crackling power wove into the bond, strengthening it in what seems to be sheer instinct on Luke's behalf. The little one chirped back, pushing more feelings of calm contentment and safety through the bond, a reassurance and declaration of trust all in one, before slowly pushing Vader out of the core of burning power back towards the part of their intertwined presences that he recognized as his. He went without a struggle, reclaiming his own and opening his eyes reluctantly as the iridescent light flickered back to merely a presence in his mind's eye. This was a curious development, and potentially a dangerous one. He didn't think his master knew of this slumbering power yet, would not have known to look deeper beyond the initial small and innocent gleam of Luke's shining beacon of a presence, but if he ever did, Luke would know no rest, would be hounded if not hunted, and he doubted that he would be able to stop the inevitable rising tide as his master would seek to possess, to claim and conquer and raise and recreate in whichever image he deemed fit. Luke possessed a power that he could readily admit he did not understand in any measure beyond that it was a power governed by neither light nor dark as he knew them. His master would not allow that. Not as long as Luke remained as free as he was, unlike... unlike... irrelevant for now. What mattered was that if his master ever managed to get as deep into his home psyche as Luke had allowed him, there would be no peace and no rest be, he would be forced to... No. No, he would not allow it, could not allow it. It was home, his other half in this matched set they had chosen to become. Where he went, Luke followed, and where Luke went, where Luke went, he would follow too. That was their vow, that was their name. They had chosen this. There would be a way around this dilemma, there had to be. He just had to find it and hope that Luke would not be found in turn, something that, after today, didn't seem like such a daunting assignment as it could have been before. His discovery had only run as far as Luke's trust had. He had not forgotten how Luke did not trust his master. If it was up to Luke, neither of them would see his master ever again, no matter the situation, something that he was inclined to encourage now that he knew this. The strange power that slept deep within his little star, his home. It would need to be dealt with sooner rather than later, but first, first Luke would need to be cared for after his harrowing departure. Rest and recuperation would be needed, and anything else could wait. If nothing else, Luke had proven more than anything today that he could functionally disappear whenever needed from whomever he needed and not even the Force and two armies would be able to stop him. 
He could not bring himself to trust or hope in many things, but he could trust Luke. If nothing else, Luke, the runner had thoroughly earned his respect on that front. They would need to deal with this soon enough, but for now, the little star's health was priority, and he could trust that Luke would know to hide for a while longer. And if all else failed, it seemed that he could trust his little one to call on allies far more powerful than he had anticipated. Thunder rumbled overhead, and he tasted sand and salt on the back of his tongue, impressions of wind and wind chimes drifting through his mind as he grinned wryly, edges of the respirator digging into his flesh as he did so. Yes, some powerful allies indeed. Reluctantly, but with determination, he pulled back from the embrace just enough to finally get a good, uninterrupted and unharried look at Luke. Bright eyes blinking up at him with a small, impossibly fond smile from behind a black, lacquered mask that looked a lot like a Diamaske mask. Feel better? Luke whispered with a teasing lilt to his head. Somewhat, he agreed, dropping his head down to softly tap the brow of his mask against Luke's forehead. Receiving a quiet laugh in return for his efforts as Luke bumped his head against his brow in turn before drawing back, letting Vader get a good look at the child. The mask was the obvious addition, shrouding half of Luke's face in lacquered shadow while bright eyes looked out of them like stars, shadows only darkened by the cloak the little one had somehow managed to acquire as the hood draped over his head, obscuring the braids he had seen earlier. Barely aware of what he was doing, he lifted up a hand to slowly brush back the hood, revealing the ruffled and wild hair underneath, sticking out in all directions like the feathered ruff of a waterfowl. In fact, the only parts of it that seemed to be even moderately tamed were those tightly braided down against his skull, running up and over, trailing back along the sides. Brushing a light hand over the braid work, he marveled at how the hair lightly impressed under his touch the uneven surface telegraphing through the sensors and delivering a sensation to him that was as novel as it was a moment of vulnerability. Luke chuckled softly and leaned his head into Vader's touch, increasing the pressure and leaving him nearly floundering as he attempted to form some kind of response to the gesture. Like them? Luke whispered with a grin, tilting his head further to let Vader get a better look. Valmora braided them in for me after we got to a safe house. They suit you well, he agreed as he trailed a finger along the braid, the tail end that dangled free slipping through the crook of his joint, catching only on the bead fastened in. He pinched it carefully between two fingers and scrutinized it, trying to determine what color it could be as he carefully thumbed the pattern of shallow swirls carved in. It was dark, certainly, and flecked with light spots, but other than that, it's blue. Luke supplied quietly, a soft smile dancing around the corner of his mouth and eyes as he turned his head for Vader to get a full look. It seemed to be made of some kind of stone. Valmora was oddly insistent that I wear it, and pretty excited once I did. Wait, blue? Light-flecked? Stone? He let the respirator cycle twice before answering. I could be wrong, he began carefully. But it seems to me that this is... Lapis Lazuli. Luke froze in place and 
barely refrained from jerking away as he remembered that Vader had a hold of the braid. What do you mean lapis lazuli? He squawked as he brought up a hand, trying to twist around to see the three beads woven into each of the three braids that curled around his head like an asymmetrical diadem. He huffed out a laugh, the innocuous bead falling from his grasp as Luke twisted and turned trying to see it. Exactly that, little star, he answered lightly. Deeply amused by Luke's outraged expression as his eyes sparked within the shadowed cutouts of the mask. It seems that Valmora opined that you ought to wear something slightly more durable than a tie or not. He tilted his head and felt a mischievous spark within him as he considered the whole picture it made. And I rather agree with her. It suits you. Luke stared at him for a moment before groaning and tucking lightly on the bead in frustration. I... she'd taken them from her headdress, Luke confessed quietly. I told her not to, but she insisted that she wouldn't be binding my hair with anything else, so I better sit down, shut up, and let it happen. He could understand why. Ties or simple knots were acceptable, of course, but personal ornamentation meant something. Slaves weren't allowed to dictate their appearance, or were indeed often not allowed much of an appearance at all. To adorn oneself was to display one's freedom. The more intricate, the better. It seems to me like she was insistent on giving you a thoughtful gift, he noted carefully. Luke thumbed the bead some more and sighed, smiling again even as he lightly shook his head. It seems so, he agreed. Still, it's a rather dramatic statement for something so simple. From the manner in which they treated you, I would say it is far from the simple to them, Rafe, he pointed out, putting a slight emphasis on the title with which Luke had been addressed by them, earning himself a resigned look in turn. You're not going to let that go, are you? Luke stated, already knowing the answer. You were described as a champion of the storm, he answered running a finger along the carefully woven beads and watching in amusement as Luke's eyes slipped close to the gesture, ignoring the thunder that still rolled above them. That is quite a title, and one that I presume was not given lightly. Luke sighed and leaned in heavily against him. It's complicated, he began, but quickly shook his head when Vader prodded curiously at his thoughts, trying to find the shape of what could have happened. He knew that his home had been an exceptionally successful runner, but this... This sounded like something quite a few rungs above mere success. I'm not quite sure what started it all, but began softly, closing his eyes as Vader continued to run his fingers along the braids. But I know it all started with being deemed desert-touched desert touched. You were taught by the sage in the mountains, he asked quietly, reeling as he remembered what little he still did from his mother's stories. The desert touched, favored of the mother of all, pupils of the great sages or so the tales went. Most of the tales, in fact. Great fantastical tales so far from reality, but could it... The Sage of the Caspian Mountains, Luke agreed in a whisper, 
They're an ally, maybe even a friend, a good one at that. They taught me as best they could. Impossible child. Are they as the tales say they are? He asked quietly. Some part of him that he thought long gone and buried rising up at attention for the possibility of learning what a greater crate was like. Yes, Luke answered without hesitation, smiling wide. Every bit of it. They're as grand, regal, wise, and titanic as every story claims them to be. Mysterious, ancient, and... Luke's eyes sparkled bright and brimming with laughter. Every bit as mischievous, too. Tricksters, he added with an amused lilt to his voice. More like they think that mortals are incredibly amusing in our small, scurrying lives, Luke amended with a snort. They like to tease in the same way one would tease a kitten or a pup. He smiled softly, the bond swelling with the remembered sensation of joy and laughter and sparks of awe intermingled with admiration. The memories of evenings and nights spent underneath a sky of false stars made of mineral and crate fire, learning and laughing in equal measures. They mean well, though, Little Star added. And as a runner, I can't say that their help wasn't invaluable. None of the land and skies as well as they do, if I had to hazard a guess. A worthy ally indeed, then, he agreed while brushing his fingers through Luke's hair. Luke merely closed his eyes again and leaned into the gesture, serenity and affection echoing back to him through the bond, clear and content. We can talk more about this later if you want, Luke offered letting Vader comb his hands through the must and somewhat bloodied hair that Luke wore like a mane. He huffed at a soft sound. I would like that, he admitted. But for now, your championship? It's not a championship, Luke protested with a rumble, only to open an eye when thunder abruptly crashed above them like someone had struck sheet metal with a hammer. Golden light and granite gray clouds stampeded through the sky like a herd of wild guarlara. It was odd, he mused, that in a world marred by a red haze he could still see colors of the storm so clearly. The drifting sound of chimes on the wind made the reason for it more than clear, though, even if the dark hadn't hissed back at it before he forced it down. He may not necessarily understand what was occurring, but he knew the powers interwoven through the fabric of reality like very few still did. He may have fallen far, but he had not fallen so far as to not remember his mother's stories, to not remember the songs sung when the star paths shone overhead. He may be many things, many truthful things, but throughout it all he had always heard the Force, loud and clear. Heard whichever world was underneath his feet at any given time, and the endless void above him. He did not have much of a choice, to be perfectly frank, but here he did, and listening he tried, no matter how mysterious or outright maddening it could be. Every whisper and every scream, he heard it all. He heard it all. And this time, this time he thought he might even understand, force or not, this time he might understand. It seems it disagrees, he noted quietly, the taste of salt heavy on his tongue. 
I could be accused of. Unimaginative behavior, I suppose. But I do not believe it would be wise to argue with the gods. Luke snorted at his jab, closing his eye and nodding reluctantly. Fine, he whispered. A champion. He sighed deeply. Champion, he muttered again. Sons, that... I don't want to think about that. He hummed out a low sound as he combed through Luke's bloodied mane again, letting the strands slip along the leather as he carefully petted his little star's head, trying not to think of the implications that his home was a deity's champion, the storm's champion. It would hit him later, he knew, but for now, all that mattered was the little star enveloped in his arms and mantle, nearly hidden away from the outside world as he rested against Vader. Noted. He whispered. But will you tell me how this came to be? It's probably nothing as impressive as what you're imagining, Luke warned him, wariness and caution tapping against his mind. Then it will be all the more impressive for being reality rather than a fantasy, he countered gently, already unable to conceive of a reality or he would ever be disappointed by his home's accomplishments. Luke shifted in his arms and threw a mock glare his way, the darkened expression betrayed by the smile dancing around the corners of his mouth. When did you get to be so wise? Krauss, knocking his head lightly against his breastplate. Through ages lived and mistakes and failures survived, he answered with a tap on Luke's head, earning himself a laugh. Fair enough, Luke agreed. Smile bright and eyes sparkling with the golden light filtering through the raging storm. He sighed and contemplation wove through the air like silverfish drifting through a stream. I'm not sure even I could tell you where it began, though, he admitted eventually, earning himself a questioning noise from the vocoder. I went through my rights and simply started running flights, but clarified, leaning even further into Vader's embrace. And granted, I was good at it and grew my territory quickly, but I was still just running flights. It was the people who started the rumors to build a reputation. Forgive me, little one, he interrupted quietly. But if I recall correctly, you only ever lost nine charges out of what was it again? Luke grumbled into his breastplate dragging his feet on answering the question until he prodded the little star across the bond to prompt an answer. Over a hundred, Luke answered begrudgingly. I didn't keep track of the numbers, he added mulishly. Correct me if my calculations are awry, little star, interjected the grumblings gently. But that would mean a success rate of somewhere over ninety percent. Your math is correct and you know it. Luke grumbled, drawing a chuckle out of him. Indeed I do, he agreed. But then you likely know where at least some of this is coming from, no? Still nonsense, Luke protested. A nearly spotless success record is mere nonsense, he retorted, raising an unseen eyebrow. Do not tell my officers that. They will be most disappointed to learn your standards are even stricter than mine. Luke laughed into his armor, amusement flitting through the air on iridescent wings, 
and he knocked his head back into the black plaza steel. Fine, fine, I guess it's something, Happy. Yes, he agreed with a sage nod. Immensely. Now then, he continued, shall we proceed with your explanation as to how you have failed to mention that you are considered to be a champion of the storm? Luke hid his face in Vader's mantle and let out a groan that sounded almost like a growl. Can we talk about this later? He rumbled. Still half growling, and normally Vader would argue against that, but considering the circumstances... Very well, he agreed with the dip of his head. But I will be holding you to your word. I would expect nothing less, Luke shot back with a light grin. If anything needed to be said after that moment, they both seemed to come to the conclusion that it could wait a moment more. Simply standing there with his home wrapped up safe and sound within his arms, listening to the bond singing away in the space between them, silver and gold and iridescent light that splintered into countless fractals that wove together with ink and smoke and void, stained glass in the most literal sense of the phrase. It sang and rumbled and chirped and thundered, clear and vibrant through the bond like it had never been before. Something new was growing here, suspended and sheltered between them, something that bellowed out the thunder of storms, hummed with the melody of a quiet summer night lullaby, chimed with silver shining bells, and sang with the bird song of sunrise. Colors that he hadn't seen in nearly two decades flashed and splashed between them like a waterfall of aquarelle, mesmerizing and as striking as the golden gray storm above them. It had to connect with his mind eye in some way, but he couldn't think of how for the life of him in the moment. So for now, he simply stood there, curled in against the storm wind and wrapped around the most precious thing in existence. It was almost peaceful. We'll need to join them eventually, won't we? Luke mumbled into his chest, sounding every bit as reluctant about that observation as Vader did. Yes, he answered begrudgingly, pulling Luke even further into his embrace. We will. And we'll need to clean up the remaining hunters, Luke added quietly. I will need to clean up the remaining mercenaries, he corrected gently, firmly. You will need to rest and recuperate from everything that has happened. Luke laughed softly and shook his head. Some medical attention to Sonic and a good night's sleep and I'll be back in action tomorrow. If a bit sore and with a bandage and bruise here and there, he argued with a grin. I'm used to this, remember? The others might need longer, but I know this well enough. That wasn't exactly as comforting as the little star no doubt meant it to be, but it was enough. It was enough. There are corpses in the tunnel we came out of, Luke suddenly revealed, mumbling into his chest. They occupied one of the underground stations and pursued us all the way here. Reinforcements, too. We'll sweep the tunnels, he promised. Calming a hand through Luke's hair. Be careful, he whispered. Many people call the tunnels and stations their home. They won't trust authority easily, and they were there first. They'll defend their towns if they think they need to. He hesitated for a moment before softly adding on, Don't give them a reason. We'll catch more flies with honey rather than vinegar. That was... That was quite the request even packaged as it was in reason and rationale. Is there any particular reason of your request, little one? He asked carefully. Aside from not wanting anyone down there to come to harm? 
Luke snarled quietly before sighing. It's... It's a lot like home. Everything about it. I would... I would like to come back there before the gathering is through, see what I can find. I won't be able to do that if you're deemed to be unwelcome on principle if you do go down there. Because Luke was his home. Because where the one went, the other followed. Even into exile. Especially into exile. Yes, he... He remembered that. I will make my best attempt, Luke. He promised quietly. Carting his hand through the little star's hair. My word on it. Luke smiled and nodded against the armor. Thank you. He sighed again. We'll make it through this. We already got this far. We'll make it through. Yes. Yes, he had a feeling they would. There was work yet to be done. The gathering had only started, and the second day everything had already gone to hell in a handbasket, and the wider galaxy had made its first move on the little bubble of warmth and comfort they had forged into a home for the two of them. But they had persevered. Luke had met them step for step and shown to all who mattered what he was made of, fire and steel, lightning and strength, loyalty, and a fierce protectiveness, and a spirit with a power unlike he had ever seen before. It would be enough. By the storm and by the force, it would be enough. They still had each other, after all. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.